even though it's, sometimes it can be a little bit cryptic, it's almost like a, a bit of therapy. And it, yeah, it, it, if, if I couldn't do that, regardless of whether people see it or not, I think I'd go a bit mad. So um, yeah, I just need, I, I, I need to sort of like get all out of me sort of thing. Welcome to the Flowing Fruit Bowl, a platform dedicated to the discussion and exploration of art and the creative process. I'm the host and creator, Aroness, and for this week's episode, I had a conversation with the amazing artist, Mr. Frivolous. Based in London, England, Mr. Frivolous is a fine artist whose work hovers somewhere between fashion illustration and street art. With a strong focus on portraiture, Mr. Frivolous's work is visually striking and beautifully busy. So I'll start where I start with everybody else. And that's just tell us a bit about yourself and how you became an artist. Right. Um, well, I'm Mr. Frivolous. Uh, how I became an artist, uh, I think it's just the usual story. Like most art- other artists who say um, when they were young, they you know started drawing from then. I did exactly the same thing. Always used felt-tip pens, uh, just the basic stuff, not much of a painter or anything like that. Um, the name Mr. Frivolous, I know that's not the question you asked yeah. me, but um, yeah. I was never meant to be Mr. Frivolous. I didn't know what name to use. I used to be an MC, also I thought oh, my wow. name was yeah, my name was MC Frivolous back in the day of So Solid and stuff like that. I thought, oh my gosh, they're from my area. I'm gonna be an MC. I was crap at it. So I thought, you know what, I'm better at art. Let me just change the MC to Mr. So Mr. Frivolous stayed. And Mr. MC Frivolous didn't. So that's it. Hey, that's kind of cool. And also, so sorry, as funny as you mentioned, because um, I'm a huge carriage fan because I'm a 90s baby. Oh, so it's, oh, it's nice. really funny because I'm like, I love it when I talk to, I talk to a lot of my friends don't know who people like so solid are because a lot, particularly a lot oh, of people right. from America, they have no idea what garage oh. is. And I was trying to yeah, explain, yeah. actually, yesterday I was trying to explain garage music to somebody from America. And I was like, oh, I can't no. really explain it because the whole UK scene. So I was yeah. like, so that's really cool. That's so interesting. And there's such a link between music and art because a lot of artists I know either participate in music or they have participated in music. And like, why do you think mm-hmm. that, or do you think that there is any kind of link between music and art? I don't know. They're both very creative. Um, maybe, obviously, one is visual, one is just, it's not just sound, but it is sound. But um, to be honest, if I wasn't an artist, I definitely think I would have delved into something music-wise, whether it be a failed MC or actually just making melodies or music. Because before even all of this, I thought I was a R&B singer. I was in a group yeah. way back in the day. Uh, I was sort of contemplating being in a sort of indie group by myself that never sort of happened so yeah I, I love music like the way yeah. it affects my work it's just like it's very impactful put it that way I, I sometimes I love it so much I, I have to just switch it off because it can really have a an emotional no, <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty interesting oh, yeah that's that's super cool and I think that's really cool just generally because it's like it's, as you said, it's like a different creative outlet. And it's like maybe the things you're not getting from art, you can get from music or the vice versa, yeah. you know? Because I think music affects yeah. people very differently to art. Art's very visual, but music catches people's emotions and feelings in a completely different way. Yeah. And it's weird because like you kind of almost want your art to do what music can do for people, but you kind of can't yeah. because they're two different things. You know? Yeah, exactly. I would I actually wish I could make art that could make sort of people could hum, but you can't do that visually. I mean, maybe someone else can, but... I do uh, mm. sort of admire uh, musicians and people who sort of make music from thin air, just like 
how they hear sounds and how they hear a melody and sort of give it to us. I think that's incredible. If I could do something like that, oh, that would be amazing. But yeah. So why is art important to you? Oh, you're coming with the questions today, boy. Um, <laughs> why, uh, why is art important to me? I think it's important because it's a bit, it's just the best way that I can express myself. I'm not very good at talking to people. I'm okay. It depends who it is, where I'm at. But generally, that's the most confident place I can be, just sort of like creating the work that I do. Um, it's the most revealing. Like, I'm not very good expressing myself or expressing my feelings or opening up as I as I would be or as I am in in a yeah Mr. Frivolous stuff the, the written stuff the uh, portraits that I mm. do even though it's sometimes it can be a little bit cryptic it's almost like a bit of therapy and if yeah if, if, if I couldn't do that regardless of whether people see it or not I think I'd go a bit mad mm. so um yeah I just need I, I, I need to sort of like get all out of me sort of thing it's almost like a release. It's like the way you process like your emotions and your thoughts and your feelings. Like that's the way you yeah, do it. Yeah. Like, that's it. So actually I wanted to ask you about the whole idea of Mr. Frivolous and the idea of, you know, having like an alias and kind of working under a different name. Like, yeah. Does, do you think that by working in a different name gives you the kind of space to make more honest work? I think so, you know. I do think so. Um, yeah. Um, I guess if people don't know who you are, you could sort of like, you don't have to worry about people sort of judging you or opinions or anything like that. Obviously now I'm trying to change things up a little bit and try and show myself a, a lot more than, well, not a lot more, just in, just taking baby steps and sort of like exposing myself a little bit. But there is a, a quietness to sort of having an alias and not, and pe- not many people are not, well, how do I say this? Not having many people know who you are. So it's just like, yeah, I, I do find that quite comforting. Because I find it really interesting. It's something that, that has long fascinated me. And I talked to it with a few different artist friends I have who have aliases. And it's kind of like an interesting separation between you as a person and you as the artist. And like mm. you have that really nice divide where like you can yeah, shut yeah. off doing one thing or you can shut off doing the other. Whereas in a lot of us have are like so kind of tied together, like our name is so tied with our work and our personal lives that it's hard to separate yeah. the two. And I'm always a little bit envious, actually, I think, when people have aliases. I'm just like, oh, not that you have it easy, but like, well, if you have it easy and you have it hard. So you have it easy because it means you can kind of like, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to be Mr. Frivolous today. I'm going to be, you know, this other person today. You know, you can choose. But then again, I think, do you find that it kind of helps you when it comes to like approaching, you know, like galleries, approaching opportunities, because it's like, you know, you have to fill out your personal information and it's hard to kind of, sometimes explain why you have an alias or why you work under a different name? Okay, so with, with, I mean, there's actually quite a, a, a number of reasons why I decided to use the a, an alias, like the whole Mr. Frivolous sort of thing. Mm. Um, I do definitely find it, it it useful when it comes to writing to galleries. I mean, I don't have many sort of gallery stuff, but yeah. I do, I have found it quite useful or speaking to uh, potential clients or customers or whatever. But um. I also treat the name. It's like, for example, I'm of, of African descent and my last name is quite long. So it's, I'm not going to say what it is. Not of course, I'm ashamed of it or anything like that. But um, it's quite a long name. And when you read it and you could see, okay, he's from Africa. Now, yeah. There's been this whole thing about sending out CVs, being someone who's from an ethnic minority. Black, uh, when you send out CVs, um, you don't know what's, whether you're going to get 
a reply back or a response from the reply based on your name. So yeah. I realized having the name Mr. Frivolous sort of, as mad as it sounds, it sort of worked to my advantage because nobody yeah. knows where I'm from. Nobody knows who I am. You know, nobody knows much about me. It's a bit of a mystery and it may be that's a plus for me. Not to say that I'm ashamed to use my real name or anything like that. Yeah. But I no, just I understand. Thought, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I just Yeah, thought, no, no, I get that. I absolutely get yeah. that. And actually a good example of that would be something like Jamie Fox because like he chose a stage name because yeah, he chose yeah, the name exactly. Jamie because it was a a male and a female name so that people didn't know who it was when they when they came when they had the roster of comedy yeah so the exactly, idea yeah. of like you don't know what to expect and you're not having any kind of pretenses when you go into a conversation or any yeah, kind exactly. of dialogue and actually it's kind yeah, of finished yeah. to say that because I was very much like what do I refer to you as Mr Mr Frivolous <laughs> <laughs> which is why my message was like oh how do Mr how do Mr Frivolous I was like I don't know if he's gonna get annoyed by me saying this but you know <laughs> It's just funny. So did you study art or are you self-taught? Both. Self-taught. Like I, no one really actually taught, taught me how to sort of be an artist or anything like that. But I did go to an uh, art school. Hmm. So I went to um, Camberwell College of Art for one year. So I did the foundation there. Then I went and did a degree at LCP, London College of Printing, which I think it's now called... Um, London College of Communication, so LCC. Huh? Um, yeah, uh, I think yeah, the University of Arts. I don't know what they call themselves now, but um, like it had Central Saint Martins, LCP or LCC, London College of Fashion, Camberwell, and I think they've got Wimbledon School of Arts now or something like that. But yeah, that was a long time ago. A long time ago, didn't learn anything. Got crap with my grades, but it was fun. <laughs> but I think no, I think the interesting thing. I think sometimes like education. Sometimes, not all the time, because I know people who love education would listen to this. But I think sometimes education is about the experience, not necessarily the actual result of what you get. Yeah. Because your experiences in education is what led you to do what you do now. That's you true. Know? And had you had, like, quote-unquote, a better experience or a worse experience, you may not be doing what you do now. Very true, yeah. That's so, a good point, yeah. I don't know. I think, because, like, I have a degree in photography, which is very interesting. But, like, when yeah, I talk I've, people... I heard this, yeah. Sorry, yeah. carry on. Yeah, no, yeah. So, but when I talk to people about it, and everyone's like, well, why don't you do photography then? It's like, it doesn't work out that way. Just because you do educate, just because you learn something doesn't mean you'll get a job in that. Like, True. I'm very happy that my life at the minute, like, I have a full time job just in retail. Is it the best job ever? Okay. No. But does it pay the bills? Absolutely. Am I happy? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, like, I think just because you don't, just because you may do something when you're younger doesn't mean that you're mm. going to do something when you're older. And I think, you know, that's not something that we all need to remember. Because I feel like That's we forget true. it very much, very quickly. Like, right. Okay. So, what are your thoughts on art education? And is it important for an artist to have a degree? No, I don't think it is important, especially in the day and age that we are in now. Not to sound like an old man or anything like that. Yeah. But with, social, <laughs> with social media, having your own website, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, you don't, I don't think you really need an art degree. But, like you were saying about the experience, I, I would sort of advise it in a way, but I, I don't know. I don't like the whole debt, the whole like having oh, to yeah. pay, yeah, the whole loan thing. That's, that's that's I'm not into that. But apart from that, you'd meet a, you'll end up. Well, most people like myself have ended up meeting amazing people, um, had amazing experiences, um, growth, learned a lot. Like I came across so many amazing artists, like from all over the world and the influence they had on me yeah it, it, they definitely influenced me <laughs> definitely. 
So what's the biggest challenge of being an artist? Rent. No, I'm joking. Um, the biggest <laughs> challenge of being an artist? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that's actually well, not a joke because that is also quite true. <laughs> you know, exactly, yeah. I was partially like, being honest. For me at the moment, I think it's time. Because when you're an artist, that's all you want to do. Hmm. But realistically, you can't... I mean, well, for some artists, there are, I'm sure there are quite a few artists out there who could just art every day, all day, pay for rent, and, and, they're, and they're perfectly fine. But I'm not the artist. Like, I have to sort of, like, make time for friends, which I rarely do, which is bad. I need to sort, sort that out. <laughs> Obviously, make time for my missus. <laughs> make time for myself. <laughs> Go to work. Shower. Eat. All of that good stuff. But then I have to sort of like try to carve time to create art now. But by the time I get there, it's just like I'm so exhausted sometimes. Mm. It's like I have to sort of, I can't wait for, for inspiration. I have to sort of make myself work. So juggling time for someone like me, because I'm not very good good at time management. I think that's the sort of like big challenge for me at the moment. So I think that's really interesting because every artist I ever meet, whether that's in person or mm. that I kind of speak to on the podcast, especially, is that's the question I always ask everybody. And everybody's answers okay. are always very, very different um, okay. because everyone says, but I think time is one of the biggest factors because as you said, like you want to be making art, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. there are people like Damien Hurst who don't even make their own art anymore. And it's like, they've got to a point in which they don't even make it themselves. They have teams to make it themselves. And it's weird how that we have so many artists out there, like millions of artists out there probably even billions, who just mm. want to create art. It's kind of insane, like, how level the playing field kind of is. Um, mm. I don't know. It's kind of sad, I think. But I think, yeah, time especially. I think time for anything is hard yeah, when you're an true. adult. I think when you have, like, you know, when you have a job, when you have a family, mm. when you have other commitments, and then you have, oh, I want to also do this, you know? Mm. It can be very hard. But I think time management is very important. I would definitely advise you just as an aside to get on top of that if you can because the sooner you yes. manage your time the better it is what kind of different hats do you have to wear as an artist because obviously creating the art is actually only just a small part of actually being an artist i took that so little while speaking about do i have hats um but you're not the only person who's done that <laughs> it's just most you know what it's i usually have a piece of paper in front of me and the aim is always just to fill it out hmm. if it's not that then i'll check my emails hmm. if it's not that i'm always on social media and I'm not necessarily just posting but I'm, I'm quite visual like I just absorb visuals all the time and so I'm looking at other people's work and how I can sort of like how I can inspire mine and how I can improve on mine and how people sort of like promote their work and I'm always doing stuff like that then I try to jump off listen to podcasts um I try to figure out what else I could do as a creative like I'm not like I've got the whole like clothing sort of thing for Philip Ninjas course, yeah. and trying to work out my graphic designer again or do I am I gonna I mean there's lots of things that come through my head. I'm probably not even answering your question, but <laughs> there's lots of things come through my head. Um but my brain is very scattered. So yeah, these hats, I probably got like the, the cheapest hats ever. I I I, I don't know. <laughs> I think so I think it's really nice to see how like you're very inspired by just very creative. Like I love the fact you're thinking like, you know, do you want to do this, do you want to do that, do you want to do this, do you want to do that? I think that's really cool to see somebody being like very like just inspired by everything, not just being like, Oh, I only want to do this. Like that's really interesting. Because, yeah. you know, like you do have a clothing line and you do have like other blogs and you have other visual kind of media, other outlets. Um sure yeah, definitely yeah. get into later. Mm -hmm. But like, I find that very interesting because I'm always kind of curious, like, like why 
I guess like why, but also not just really why, but more just kind of the idea of like, how do you stop all that noise? Because that's a lot to be thinking about at the t- all at once, you know? And at the end of the day, like yeah. ultimately you have to choose one direction. You can't do everything. No, that's true. That is true. Um, the thing is being, okay, so before I had like the other sort of names that I mentioned, I was three different artists. I was um, Mr. Oh. Privilege. I was... Uh, a, a, a stencil uh, artist called Snuggles. Then I was also who was I? Philip Ninjas. Philip Ninjas has been many, many different things. Now it's a clothing brand. It was supposed to be a clothing brand in the beginning, but now it actually is a clothing brand. So I was doing all of these things because being just the one, Mr. Frivolous, the sole artist, was sometimes it was too just too much. It was a lot. Right. Mm. I mean, not to say I, I I I didn't enjoy doing it, but it's just like I needed a break. So hmm. I thought, oh, okay. let me just go and do something else creative. But then I got fed up with the other two, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to stick to being Mr. Frivolous. And now for Philip Nishes is back, it's just like, oh, what am I doing? Like, but I think that's really that's a good idea. Like the idea of of like if you're kind of feeling bored in a certain like situation with your work, like then just do something else, do something completely yeah. different that that takes you away from that, and that way will give yeah, you a different perspective when you come back to it. But at the same time, it gives me more headaches. <laughs> It's just, oh, it's just like, oh, just, you know what I probably need to do is just focus on what I'm doing, the whole creative, creative sort of thing that I do, and maybe just take a break and do something that's non-creative, even if it's just watching TV or, because sometimes taking a break from what you love makes you love it even more. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I I struggle to do that. Like I'm just twenty four seven, Mister Frivolous. So I have a work colleague. Um, and he's a really, 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 really amazing guy. And we spoke ages ago, and he mm-hmm. says to me, that's really, really actually changed my mindset, which is really interesting. He was like, there's okay. always seasons for things. So like right now, you could be like in your working season where you work on loads of work at once, and then you'll be have a mm-hmm. resting season. So think about mm-hmm. think about stuff like that. Like there's always seasons for things. And you should always ask yourself, which he said to me, he was like, you should always ask yourself if it's the right time to do something now. So every time I do something, it's, it's a really good advice. It's really actually changed the way I think about things, which is weird. Um, but every time I do something, I'm like, is this the right time to do it? And then it's like, either yes or no. If the answer is yes, then do it. If the answer is no, then do something else. So it's the idea of like asking yourself, like, is this what you want to be doing right now? Because mm-hmm. there are plenty of other things you could be doing. If that makes sense. That does make sense. That's the, me asking myself questions is is a no go for me. I don't even know how to answer the questions you're asking me. So <laughs> I struggle a lot. My brain is a weird place. Very weird place. I think personally, I think here I go again with the advice. I think that you just need to need to just sit down and write down everything. I said here you go writing again. Sit down and write down <laughs> everything you do and everything you want to do and everything you want to accomplish, and that will give yourself. You can see it on paper in front of you, and then you know you can ask yourself and say to yourself, "What's realistic? What's not realistic? What have we got time for? What don't I have time for? What needs yeah. to happen with this? What needs to happen with this? You know, like so like you know, where do you want Mr. Fabulous to go? Where do you want your clothing brand to go?" You know, okay. what else do you want to do? If you want to do graphic design, like when when are you going to fit that into your schedule? Where do you have the time? Mm. How's it going to manifest in everything else you do? That kind of mm. thing. Like just a bit of, just take like a week out to sit down and just organize your thoughts. That's what oh, I feel okay. like you might need. Right, okay. A maybe, week. maybe you don't need that at all. Maybe you don't, but I'm just saying okay. that's what I would suggest. You know, okay. just spending some time organizing your thoughts because that way you'll, you'll come back to everything with like going like, okay, so I want to do X, Y, and Z with the clothing line. I want to do X, Y, and Z yeah. with the frivolous. And then all you do is reverse engineer how you get there. That way you're like, okay, cool, I can do this. I can do that. I need to do this. I need to do that. Yes, I need to go. Go 
No, but I think so when you know what you need to do, you could then spend the time doing it and you won't be distracted by like watching films or being on Netflix or scrolling through Instagram. You, you'd be like, cool, I've got a mission. I've got something I want to achieve. I'm going to go and do that. And then you go and do it. Which sounds very simple in actuality, but it's actually not. It's quite hard. Right. I'm going to try it. I'm going to give it a try. I mean, you might as well. But if it goes wrong, please don't blame me. <laughs> right. So, um, do you create art full time? Oh, no. No. Um, after work, if I'm lucky. On the weekends, if I'm lucky. Whenever I can, uh, uh, there is a, whenever I can find spare time, I, I will create work. But I'm not full time yet. I'm planning on doing that. And I did. Yeah, I'm definitely planning on doing that. I, I had done that a little bit in the past. It didn't last too long because the money ran out. So, no, not yet. So, I find this really fascinating, like extremely fascinating, because, you know, I talked to a span of different artists and a lot of them are part-time, wanted to be full-time, or they're mm. like full-time, always, you know, having been created art for like decades. Mm. And I'm kind of just curious, like, how do you balance creating art and working? Because it's damn hard. It is one of the most, <laughs> it is <laughs> the most difficult thing. Like, it drives me nuts. Because, like I said about time, when you know your time is limited, I mean, yeah, when you know your time is limited, then you know you have to do other stuff just to survive. And you know your what your passion is, and it's art. But, you know, you can't do that full-time yet. It sort of just drives me a little bit mad. Like, hmm. I almost sort of become unresponsive. Not to say that. I don't stop talking to people, but it's just yeah. constantly on my head it's just like I want everyone to disappear so that I can do some work but being in the situation that I am in now the whole conversation we had about planning that's one thing I need to sort out and I think once I get there I can make my life more as a part-time wise full-time wise whatever as my life as an artist a little bit a little bit more easier hmm. but I just it's just me I just need to focus on planning yeah but it's quite difficult though because I always think like, like one thing I say to a lot of artists is that mm. if you're not creating art full time, enjoy that. Because when you do create art full time, you're still going to be doing the same amount as art as you do now. It would just be all your other time is actually just going to be admin and marketing and trying yeah. to find you know, connections and trying to make connections and trying to, yeah. you know, send work to galleries and take work to places. And it's like, mm. it's not that you necessarily are going to create more art by being a full time artist. Mm. It's actually just like, you take on more jobs. And in fact, one could argue being a full-time artist is almost like having two full-time jobs because one side is art and the other side is a business. So yeah, I feel true. like I feel like everybody wants to be a full-time artist, but I don't think everybody is. I also actually don't think everybody's cut out to be a full-time artist. I think yeah. there's nothing wrong, absolutely nothing wrong with having a part-time job and creating art on the side and that still being a good source of income for you. I think there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. And yeah, I don't know about you, but I feel like there's a lot of stigma around that in terms of like people are like, oh, you're not a proper artist if you don't do it full time. Like, have you ever come across that? Uh, I came across that with myself. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, guess so. Yeah, Southwell, I guess, yeah, of course. Definitely. I, I, I think for, obviously coming from art school, mm. not doing like um, work experiences or anything like that. Um, I used to work in retail as well. It was fun, like for a while, but then I coming out of art school, I thought, oh, I'm going to be this artist, I'm going to be working full-time and, you know, I'm going to take over the world and I had that for, for such a long time and I think I was starting to get some, I was literally getting anxiety and depression hmm. because what I thought would happen wasn't. So, I sort of 
for whatever reason, I, I started to see my see myself as a, as a bit of a failure. Like mm. I, I wasn't able to do what I wanted because I come up with this little bubble and sort of come into reality. So it took me a little while to understand that you know what, this isn't this, this doesn't mean that you you're a, a failed artist. This is sometimes this is just how life is. Like there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. You can you know have the job that you have and sort of like create on the side, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. But yeah, I never really got any sort of like stigma from anybody else. It was always from my from myself. Like, oh. yeah. But I think that's probably the worst though, because you know, you, yeah. it's, it's it's hard. Like, you can be extreme. Like, no one's going to be as worse of critic as just you are to yourself. Like, mm. on yeah, anything you do, like, no one can tell your work apart mm. the way you can tell your work apart as a person creating it. Yeah, so yeah. I think yeah. it's kind of like that's kind of like how did you shift that mindset though? I think I just eventually just embraced. The change and I think also what I was doing was asking a lot of other artists about you know how they sort of find time to do work and while they have families and you know and all the res- most of the responses I was getting is that they were making time yeah like this is where the whole organizing and planning comes in you're sort of making that effort to make time to create their works whilst doing the other stuff so I, so it started to sort of make sense like oh wait that's quite normal so am I panicking for? Why am I stressing my, myself out? So yeah, that's sort of like how I calmed down eventually. It's like a quite a premature question, and we'll go back to social media in a bit. But do you feel like mm-hmm. social media puts pressure on people to be a full time artist or to make it seem like people are full time artists? Because you know it looks like everybody is, but not everybody actually is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I think so. Social media now, from what it was before, yeah. at least let's just say back. Wait, I'm showing my way back in the days of uh, MySpace and Flickr. Yeah. Yeah. You could create art. Yeah. Flickr was great though. Create Flickr. Art. We needed the Flickr. Oh, it's still around, but it's Yeah, but we I need mean, we need something in the same sphere where people are gonna actually wanna like everything. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. Continue. But no, no, that's oh yeah, I would love that whole sort of new a new sort of flicker world where it's just like well, anyway, but yeah. I don't yeah, know. people like where people just sorry. I know I said I'm not gonna interrupt you completely. Did. No, it's all right. um, I think you know, just like a space where people can actually feel passionate about posting their work and creating where there's not it's just not ingenuated with just like everything you know it's like i don't want to scroll through instagram and say a cat video against you know some really great oh, artist work man. like it's yeah, just exactly. but the problem is though it's hard to do that because you can't it's hard to do that without gatekeeping that's also the issue because you can't gatekeep but at the same time you also mm-hmm. can't really have access like not everyone can have access to everything otherwise it muddies the water mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah. it's it's a hard balance. And I think that's the, the biggest issue with social media, in my opinion, is that it's just, it's got, there's just too much of everything and you don't need, you're not, you're not oh, yeah. there for everything. You know, mm. like if I, if I jump on social media, it's because I want to see really cool artists. I don't care about like whatever random videos come from my feed. Although to be fair, everything I have on Instagram is art related. So even all the ads I get nowadays are like artists or art opportunities, yeah, which is great. Yeah. So I'm like, that's cool. But yeah, sorry. Anyway, going back to the original question of like, do you think it's um, social media is yeah puts pressure on artists to be full time? I, I think I think so. I think it brings a lot of pressure. Um, I feel like I have to, even though I don't do it, but I, I feel like I have to create something every day hmm. or even every week. And I I'm, I don't work that fast. Never have. And I don't think I ever will. Like if you don't create something, I, well, if I don't create something, I get this mad anxiety where it's like people are going to stop looking at my posts because you know how. 
everyone talks about the algorithm and people, yeah. you know, Instagram is not what it used to be, where you were able to uh, attract like people to your page and stuff like that quite easily. But now it's a, it's a lot difficult and you have to sort of pay if you want that. But um, yes, I think social media is like a blessing and a curse. Man. Like too much pressure, like, yeah, for me anyway. So the way I look at it and the way I look at social media, I think people who listen to this podcast are going to be sick of me saying that I feel like I said everything I've said. But the way I look at social media is like an archive. So anything yeah. I do is not about the views and about the likes and about the comments. It's about who's going to say yeah. it tomorrow, who's going to say it in 10 years' time. Like the podcast yeah. is an archive. So if somebody listens to that in three years' time, that's just as good as somebody yeah. listening to it today or yesterday. You know, to me, like yeah. I don't, I try not to, because I don't, I say, I can't say I don't, but I try not to put pressure yeah. on myself when it comes to like stats and views, which is why like when people, when like, I speak to my work colleagues about having a podcast and the first thing they ask is like, oh, how many followers does it have? How much money do you make? Okay. And I say like, I don't know because it's, okay. that's not interesting to me. Like I, that's not what yeah, I'm yeah. doing it for. Mm. Like, maybe thinking about your work and, and a particular social media like that might help you because then it gives you less of a, of an expectancy. It's, you're not expecting, no, it's really, really. you know, because yeah. it's not, you don't look at your post and be like, oh, you know, thousand people didn't like it this is disappointing because mm. if a thousand people in the street said you they like your work you'd be very very happy with that you know yeah. it's weird how we've yeah. our opinions on our own self-worth has been skewed by just mm. a simple press of a button it's kind of a bit weird when you think about it but actually yeah, it's not even pressing a button it's just tapping a screen which is even weirder um mm. so it's kind of weird um so okay so let's get into your work can you describe your work for those who may not have seen it how would i describe my work yeah um i just say portraits and words Using Celtic pens. No, okay, that's cool. But how would I describe it? It's very, I, I would say it's very raw, very honest, and it's very me. Like everything you see, even if it's not a portrait of myself or if it doesn't, it's all indirectly about myself, not in a narcissistic sort of way, but it's just me sort of like expressing my thoughts and feelings, even if it doesn't make any sense to anybody else. Yeah, it's like the, um, the adage of like every portrait is a self-portrait, like every piece yeah. of art is a self-portrait because it involves, you know, it involves or it contains a little bit of the person who created it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. The great thing about art, the thing that I love about art and why I'm really interested in art is because mm. art says a lot about the person who creates it, whether they think it does or doesn't. And I always like mm. to kind of delve into like, so what, you know, kind of like, what's your work say about you? Or kind of like, what impression do I get from this person based on their work? And then what impression do I get on them based on talking to them? Because they're always very different. And yeah. I think after talking to people, I get much more of an interesting understanding about their work than I do just looking at their work. And I'm very lucky okay. that I get to talk to people about their work. Like mm. not everybody does and not everybody wants to. So I feel like it's kind of interesting. It's a great perspective to have, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So your work exists in the realm of figurative art um, and the human condition as well, I'd say probably. But like, why do you think so many artists are drawn to exploring like the human condition? I don't know. I think I'm, I'm guessing maybe that's because that's mostly what we see, like people. So, are there any particular themes within the figures of art that you're particularly interested in exploring with your work? Do you know what I I I I like exploring shadows within faces. I don't know okay. what the obsession is. Even though my, my the images I create, they're probably not that shadowy. But um, there's something quite interesting about looking at a human being everyday life probably looking like a, a madman to them because I'm constantly staring at faces and I don't, and I probably intimidate quite a few people and I don't mean to do it, but I'm, I just look at people's faces and I'm always figuring out how would I draw them? And it's just like, I have to go home and draw something now. And I'm always looking at shadows on faces as well. 
which I don't know why I'm so drawn to that. And again, I don't really like the stuff I do. Everybody sort of like has blue or yellow or maybe even pink hues. And so, so talking about shadows is a bit strange because I draw like, yeah. colouring in blues anyway. But I don't know, whenever I'm sort of shading in like shadows under the eyes or around the nose or the lips, I just find it fascinating. And I always draw from head to shoulder. Yeah. Always draw from head to shoulder. Nothing more than that. Not because I can't draw the rest of the body, but that's the most important bit to me. That's all I see. Yeah, I was going yeah, to ask about that. Like, is there a reason you don't do like full length figures? Laziness. No, I'm joking. No, um, I don't know. My... <laughs> it just makes my life easy. No, um, my girlfriend has told me to, what well, has sort of like asked me, you know, whether I want to explore a little bit more. And, you know, I think there's a part of me that's just stuck in my own way. But, like, but I want to get out of that because it's a bit boring. So, Maybe I'll do a whole body figure soon. I think it goes both ways. I think if it's something you want to explore because you want to explore it, explore it. Mm. If it's not, then I think it's yes. fine because it gives you a really nice cohesive style to your work. Like it's very cohesive. Like mm. if I see an image of yours, I know it's a Mr. Fibberish image. And I, I like that. Okay, that's good. And actually, talking about style, like do you think you have a certain style? Because it's, it's a question that's going to come up at some point. But the idea yeah. of style, and actually, wait, let me quickly find out which ones I actually know, actually. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Literally, what I've just said, like, how important is it for you to have a specific visual style? Because I put here, it's like very fashion illustration meets street art slash graphic design to me and my eye. Um, what my work? Yeah, that's what it seems like to me. Oh right. Yeah, yeah. Where, where did you get that from? Is that is that what came into your head? Yeah, did yeah. yeah. No, no, oh, that's what. Yeah. So when I look at your work, I was like, what do I think about this? Because I always, obviously, when I look at people's work. So okay, so when I interview somebody, I research yeah. them. So I look at all the interviews mm-hmm. they've done. I look at their website. I spend a, a good like hour looking through their website, looking at everything they've done. Mm-hmm. Hence me looking at your clothing brand. Hence me looking at your other uh, Instagram accounts. Um, yeah, I like to deep dive into somebody's work. Yeah. And then I kind of ask myself, like, what do I want to know about this person's work? Um, and then mm-hmm. what I was kind of curious about your work is like this title. Because I feel like what I did see and I saw you post is that there was, was it a school decided to do a series or um, some <sighs> images based on your work? Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, I saw that. Well, I think that was like a couple of years ago, but yeah. Yeah, so I saw that and I was like, so that makes me think about like, what is it about your work that makes people consider it to have a specific style? Because if people are doing it in the style of you, it means you have a style. Mm. But do you think you have a style? When I first started out, I didn't think I had a style and I thought it was quite important because most of the artists that I followed, I could sort of identify their work without having to read who it was by. And I thought, okay, she has a style, she has a style, he has a style. What's my style? But I just couldn't find one. And it was sort of like stressing me out. But then I kept drawing and I sort of realised, hold on, wait a minute, you do actually have a style. Do I think it's important? I, I, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on the artist. There are so many, I guess, different ways to be an artist. There are some artists who maybe depend on having that particular style that gets them work or they're just comfortable in just being where they are. And then there are other artists who like explore different mediums and you know you unless you see their names you won't really sort of know who they are but with me I don't know um I enjoy having the style that I do have but I'm a little bit I I, I definitely feel like I have a style why people may be drawn to my work I don't even necessarily think it's the um actual image I think it's more so the words yeah I would absolutely agree with that yeah yeah even if it's not the words by it's isolated by itself even if it's just the words around the images, I think that's yeah. the, the thing that sort of maybe possibly 
draws people in. Yeah, so yeah. So it's really funny for me because I have a huge fascination with art that has both images and words in. Um, and I actually okay. have an artist called Synthetic Go. I actually have some of her prints on my wall because they have images and words. And I have a really good oh, friend nice. called Ryan Dean House who does images and words. And I have another good friend called Trills mm. who does images and words. There's something about pairing images and words together that really, mm. really fascinate me. So like, where did the idea to do that come from? Oh, I don't know, you know. Um, but the funny thing is, <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know because I, I know I never started off doing that. Um, but the funny thing is, the whole worst thing, I've, well, my girlfriend discovered, like, was it last year? Or I'm sure it was last year, that I'm dyslexic. Okay. So for the longest time, I sort of struggled with words, but I never really understood what was going on. So anything to do with words or admin, anything to, to do with written stuff, I sort of avoid, like, the play. So for me, obviously having a conversation with my girlfriend as well, it's quite fascinating that I would put myself through that hell yeah. of drawing portraits. And sort of writing stuff because my grammar is shit. Excuse my language; it's terrible. Like no commas, no dots, no nothing, and everything's in capitals. And I'm yeah, it's it's it's, it's a struggle because I can finish a portrait quite easily, but if I don't have anything written around it, I feel like it's just empty, and it's just I can't I can't create a figurative piece of work <laughs> without writing stuff around it. Oh, the struggle is real, boy. But yeah, I need words. That's what I'm trying to say. So how do you choose what words to put on certain images? And also, like, do you ever think about, like, how the words will change the way that the image is spread? Yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, I think whatever I choose to go on a piece of work depends on how I'm feeling that day. If I decide, okay, I'm going to leave this piece of work for tomorrow, it's going to be a completely different picture. And if I decide to take that risk, well, and I decide to take that risk, but it always, it's mostly, it mostly depends on how I'm feeling. If I'm super down, I mean, the words, for me personally, beautiful, but it's a bit depressing. If I'm super happy, eh, it's okay. Like, I'm, I mean, I still write down what's in my head, but it tends to be a bit, like, a bit crap. Mm. But, um, yeah, again, it's all based on how I'm feeling. It's all based on feelings. It's just like, therapy onto myself sort of thing with myself I guess Have you ever taught a workshop? I've, I've done a little bit but as in like with like I did one with the Monica Art Fair was it True True Art? They were Pen uh, Art Material Company I forget their name oh. but um, it, that's sort of something that I've been thinking about doing properly for the longest time. I wouldn't know if, if I do it on Zoom or in real life, but yeah, that's something I would like to, I should be doing, I would like to do properly. I think you'd be great at that. I think it'd be oh, really thanks. interesting at doing that. I think it'd be so good to see you do that. And I think in real life would be, would be the best way to do it. But I think that'd be something that I think, because I think if people are already looking at your style, like let's just say a school already looking at your style, clearly you mm. have some kind of influence. Clearly your work is hitting people in the right way or some kind of way. And I think, like, I'm not saying capsize on that, because that's not really what I'm saying, but what I guess I'm saying no, is that, that, like, if it's impacting people, then, you know, who else can you impact with that work? And if you then, you know, get the chance to say, actually, you know, even if you, which I would love to facilitate at some point, but I just need the money for it, I would love to facilitate, like, artists going, giving talks to universities. I think that would be so good. Oh, wow. I would love to do that, because when I was at university, one of the best things was the artist talks. Um, okay. 
and like the idea of like you know having say somebody somebody, somebody such as yourself go to like you know a London university and talk about being an artist and creating art like how great would that be for both you and the and the students like yeah. somebody like that would be good and I feel like you'd be really good at that as well I think you just need to give yourself the confidence and the push to be in these positions to do these things because you know they might sound great and they might sound terrifying to you yeah but it's yeah, also going to be a great challenge for you you should always challenge yourself to do something that makes you uncomfortable because that's how you're going to grow otherwise you won't you know if I had met you when I was in university, <laughs> I would have gone a lot further than I am now. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's just, no, that's just what, like, that's just generally what I've learned last year. Um, so your work. So as I said, to me personally, it seems very like fashion illustration meets street art slash graphic design. But it's yeah. also very kind of like haphazard and chaotic, which I actually love. But there's also a sense of harmony in it as well, which is kind of interesting because your eye wanders around the image around the words like in an interesting way and then you look at the image you look at the words you try and kind of connect mm. the words to words and the words to images um but like okay, yeah. how much planning goes into a piece of work or do you work very spontaneously very spontaneously really? <laughs> very spontaneously i don't i don't have sketchbooks i don't like to plan oh, really? anything if i do plan it's usually in my head but i don't really like to draw a sketch of what's going to go where where but it's just very spontaneous like how i sort of work is sort of how I am it's just very frantic very all over the place that's exactly how I am it's just, it's just my personality I guess yeah as you can tell now maybe me having this interview with me makes makes my work make a little bit more sense <laughs> perfect <laughs> I mean actually I guess it does actually um I guess it does because it's just like you want to get everything down on the paper yeah. right away because you're busy doing something else. I'm kind of curious, like, have you ever created like a mural? I would love to create a mural. You would be so good at that. Like I can absolutely see that because that's very spontaneous. You can be very spontaneous. That would give you the <laughs> ability to be spontaneous. That seems like a perfect yeah. match for you. The thing is, I, I mean, I would love to do that, but I'm so, this is the whole thing where I'm glad you mentioned about getting out of your comfort zone. I'm so comfortable with the A4 sort of paper. Now yeah. I'm extending to A3. I mean, I've, no, I have done a mural. Sorry, I'll take that back. I did one in Croydon. Have you? Uh, I think, yeah, for the Rise Gallery. Wait, well, oh, shit. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but <laughs> that's why I, never, I don't really speak about it much. But in <laughs> saying that, though... <laughs> I'm going to be Googling that later. It was crap. Yeah, one eye was up there. The other, uh, it was, the other eye was sort of diagonal. The nose was just like... She was snorting cocaine. It was terrible. But, you know... You live and you learn, I guess. Of but no, um, yeah. So I would love to do murals. I just have to get the sort of confident confidence to sort of start, even if it's crap, just keep going. I think I will sort of do that so at some point. I have, I say friend very loosely. I say friend, but nobody's my friend. But I have an artist friend called Revs One uh, from London. He is an... Revs One? Yeah, but I see you might know, you probably know him. Yeah, he sounds the familiar, yeah. Yeah, he's an incredible artist. Um, He's from London. Um, I'll send you his info. Uh, oh, because he might be somebody really worth talking to because he's I think he's one of those artists that like I saw a long time ago and like I love everything he does because he's just so interesting he's just so damn interesting oh, interviewed him a long time ago for the podcast like a long time ago but he's just like so cool and it's just one of those oh, people like he now does art full time he hasn't actually done art full time for a long time but he's now only okay. just started and it's just he's going to have nothing but good things so I'll send you his a link to him um, and what I love to do oh, is I love sending people connecting people with one another so anybody I think you should know I'll send you and I'll send them. So I'll send people to you and then I'll send you to those people. 
because that oh, way he's mutual and i love that because it's great sure so um actually wait quickly before before we quickly ask you a question like the word frivolous like where did the word frivolous come from though i'm just curious because it's an interesting word i'm a huge fan of words like i'm weird like that no um honestly i just like the sound of the, the uh, name like yeah. <laughs> yeah um like i said it, it was never meant to be anything to do with art it was just like the word mc frivolous just entertained me and okay. i sort of found a definition i thought oh that was a silly name but um yeah <laughs> It just sort of stuck, and I yeah. Yeah, because when I first discovered your work, and obviously the word frivolous being like you know something that's kind of like it's frivolous, it's you know time wasting, whatever. I always kind of wondered like yeah, was yeah. it like like was it like meant to be like an oxymoron or something? So that like you know what you're doing is actually not frivolous, but it also is. Yeah, I always kind of wondered like was there like an intention behind it, or was it just like a word because you liked it? It it was a word because I liked it, and I was going to change. I was sort of going to change it, but I thought, you know what, this maybe this could, could sort of work in my favour because I'm not saying I have the best work out there in the world. Yeah. But my work isn't so bad. It's probably very opposite to what my name is. So I thought, let me just keep it. Your work is Hi. damn good. And I think actually, in many ways, because your name is frivolous, I think that actually just add to it. Like, it's kind oh, of that's interesting. cool. That's good. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it works out in your favour. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, it just yeah, it just it just interested me when I when I discovered it, and I was like, "This is interesting." The cool thing is, I get to ask you that, which is perfect, because like not everybody does. That is true. That is true. Actually, no one else has asked me that. That's a good point. <clears throat> How? That's it. so. The first thing is, if someone has like a screen name, the first thing I ask them is like, "Why? Where did this come from?" Because I'm yeah. always curious, like why and where and how. I think I'm just a very curious person. I'm really curious about other people. Yeah, you know, I think it probably comes up with me not talking to a lot of people in my childhood. You know, okay. I think that's probably is. I think now that I'm older, I think I value conversation a lot more than I used to. So I'm like, all right, so let's ask people everything and anything about themselves. Um, oh, so that's yeah. cool. Okay. So, how important is ambiguity in your work? Because the work you create, as you said, like you know, it's very spontaneous. But that also means that that doesn't have to be a specific meaning to it. Like an image, one image doesn't have to have something specific. It means like, does that is like is that something you enjoy, or is that deliberate, or is that just the way it is? I do like the idea of people just looking at my work and trying to figure out what it, what it all means. Um, even if they're not necessarily right. I, I mean, I don't feel like they have to be. It's like whatever you get from the work, whatever you, however you interpret it, that's, I mean, that's that's fine. There are some pieces that I, I, I create where I would like it to be um, obvious as to what, what it is that I'm saying, but still remain... Um, ambiguous I, I haven't quite worked out the whole and um, ambiguity sort of stuff yet I, I i just put out the work and whatever you get from it that's fine however you interpret it it's completely fine it's sort of like i don't think it's that important for me necessarily to sort of like have my work mean a specific thing i don't know if yeah so as an as an artist who creates work with intention like there's an intent behind your work yeah like how oh, do right, you yeah, make yeah, yeah. like how do you make sure that the intent of your work is understood? Like the context and intent of your work is understood by the people who see it. I don't think I do. You know, to be honest, when it comes to the stuff that I do, I don't think I'm that brave to sort of like be that obvious hmm. with what I the mess, well, whatever messages I might put out there. Like I, I don't think I'm still sort of like in hiding. Yeah. So everything, as far as I'm concerned, maybe not not, but everything is still sort. of to me i mean you yeah. might have yeah so you might have a, 
an a, a slight idea as to what I'm an idea as to what I'm saying, but I don't think I'm bold enough yet to sort of like say this is what I want the art to mean. So yeah, yeah I haven't really. I don't think I've gotten there yet. Yeah, not hundred percent. Not hundred percent at least. Just see that. It just speaks. The fact that you said you're still hiding, like that's to me, like that's a really interesting consideration or like a way to look at it. Because like mm. it means that you have like you have some kind of ultimate goal or ultimate destination you want to, you know, kind of arrive at. Um, mm. or like a kind of quote unquote artist you would like to be. Um that's kind of interesting actually, in terms of like, do you have this is kind of an off topic question, that's but like cool. so like do you have like any specific goals you want to achieve this year with your work? This year? Yeah. Right. Um I guess with my work, the only sort of things that come to mind is Number one, more street art. I would love to do a lot more than I than I have done. Um, bigger scale sort of work, um, and maybe sort of like come out of hiding. And I want to sort of start talking about like my childhood or being an, uh, um, struggling being an adult. Or, uh, I don't know. I just want to. I w- I've been thinking about talking a little bit more about myself, but sort of being direct, but obviously not using like self-portrait. Well, I'm saying obviously like, but, but anyway, not using self-portraits, but using like, you know, the whole sort of art therapy sort of stuff. Yeah. To sort of like work out what's ha- what happened to me in, I don't know, in my life when I was much younger and yeah, sort of talk about it. But with yeah. if people are, yeah, I don't know how to explain that. No, no, I guess no, I guess absolutely great a great consideration. I think the fact that you can use art as both therapy and just also just kind of like a way to process stuff is incredible. I think yeah. actually the oh, idea right. of like hosting like art therapy sessions would be really cool. Like oh, where you get people to sit down and talk about like themselves and their childhood. Because I think everybody has like the, so the thing that I'm great grateful for doing this is that everybody mm-hmm. has a, their own story and perspective. Everyone has mm-hmm. their own journey in life. We just don't always get to talk about it. And I think mm-hmm. that it's nice to hear that you want to talk about it because I feel like it'll be great to hear because it'll be something very different from everybody else, you know? And I like that. And I think that's really important actually that people really kind of sit down and think, you know, actually I could really say something with this work rather than just create Mm. work for the sake of creating a nice image. And actually that's a question I didn't put on this list. I don't think, but like, do you, I don't know. It's like, is it important for you to make a beautiful piece of art or do you want your work to say something more meaningful? I I think I would want it to be more meaningful even if it's just to me I, I, I don't mind creating like a beautiful piece of work or well if my work is beautiful I don't mind creating uh, a work which is visually uh, I don't know visually beautiful or what you just said a beautiful piece of work but for me it just seems I don't know it just I'd rather ha- it have some type of meaning even if it's just with one word at the top and that's it it just has to mean something to me even if it makes no, no sense to anyone else. I about to say, but do you think it does that currently? Or like, does it do that currently? Uh, I, I, I would hope so. Um, some of it, some of my work, no, it doesn't. I don't think so. But I think... I think I've come a long way from when I first started. So I remember... Not to bring in this old story, but I remember I, I had a friend, or a, yeah, an associate or whatever, and we used to talk about art. Oh, this is before the whole Mr. Frivolous sort of thing. And yeah. he used to have like zine uh, magazine or no zines yeah. that he created. And they they was they were saying something. It was it, it, 
it had meaning. And I was looking through it and I thought, this is quite amazing. And he came up to me and said, you know what? I really love your work, but maybe you should consider, you know, just making a statement, having something to say. Hmm. And I thought, fuck. Like that, that one small conversation sort of changed everything for me. Um, so I would kind of hope that most, at least most of my work would have sort of meaning. Because also at the same time, I did at one point want to be a fashion illustrator. So oh, Wow, that's so interesting. Because yeah. I got that from your work. Very much got that from yeah, your work. Yeah, that's why when you said that, I thought, oh, wow, that's, that is quite interesting to me yeah. as well. That's exactly what I got from your work. Oh, right. So, yeah. yeah, that's the direction I was going in. But then I thought, that's, do I really want to do that? I don't know. Why didn't you do that? I really don't know. There's, I, I don't know why I didn't. I, I don't know what happened. I, I really have no clue. I wish I could answer that, but I can't. But, you know, the interesting thing about that, though, is that because you have a clothing line and because you do illustration and you do create art, like, that's still a possibility for you. That door isn't closed. I guess so, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> you don't, you don't, have to, you don't sound so sure about that. But... <laughs> Sorry, but... No, maybe you're right. I, I, who knows? I, I know. That's... That's so fascinating because exactly what I got from your work. Because I kind of feel like, like your work gives me the sense of like collage as well. It makes oh, me yeah. think of collage and like how you could incorporate collage and elements into it. If that was a, like somewhere you wanted to go, or or for you to yeah. collaborate with a collage artist, like that would be really interesting to see. Oh, like, oh, I would yeah. love to see that. I actually might know a few artists who might be interested if you're interested. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. That could be something like that could be cool. Like I think more like cross collaborations would be good to see in the art world. I think. Like, I know oh, yeah. people don't really have the time, but I think that would be really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely like to do like, more collaborations, for sure. Like, imagine if somebody did, like... I mean, imagine if we saw, like, street art collage. Mm. Like, two different worlds come together. Like, how interesting okay. would that be? You know, that would, just be cool. that would be cool. I don't know, like... I don't know, just... How can we kind of, like, draw people in from different areas of art and kind of unite them in a way that's, you know, logical, but also that's, that's going to kind of give everybody a bit of... A different experience because you know like, like let's just say you meet a collage artist you you mm-hmm. collaborate with them that might change the way you approach your work that it might change true. the way that you look at your work or think about like yeah. the figure like if you're creating up images of the figure it might make you reconsider the way in which you you know pose somebody or draw somebody or, or create mm-hmm. images and i think everybody has everybody has something to learn from everybody else everyone has something mm-hmm. to teach people and i think it's just kind of finding the right people who are going to teach you the right things is really what's valuable and especially with art, mm-hmm. where like nobody can really teach you how to do it, you learn by practice. I think yeah. just like talking to a lot of people, and actually, like, do you do you talk to a lot of artists? Not, I mean, once in a while, but not that much, to be honest. Like most of the artists I do talk to, I mean, I do have artist friends. Yeah, but, um, we just talk about like other stuff, not yeah. necessarily art all the time. Yeah, of course. But, yeah, when I have spoken to artists, they tend to be like from abroad, but it's just like specific questions, but nothing. Mm-hmm. I think I used to do it more so, like maybe decades ago or a decade a decade ago. But now, not so much. No. Uh, do you think that's what's missing from art? Like, would you like to have like a space in which you can communicate with artists about art? Oh, that would be amazing. I think I'm convinced in my head that since social media sort of changed. That whole, I think that space existed, even if it was just online or via email or whatever social media was out at that time. Again, the whole Facebook, MySpace, Flickr sort of thing, or even DeviantArt. 
I think that space was actually there because I was going through like my archive of words and messages. There was a lot of messaging, a lot of talking about art and pro the sort of our processes, process how we well, what else? Yeah, how we create art, that sort of stuff. But that's all missing now. For me personally, I'm sure maybe amongst other artists that, that sort of still exists. But for me, it's just like because this it's so noisy now. Like you said, there's an influx of other stuff. It's just like you get so lost in it, you get drowned in other stuff. I don't know. It just it's not there anymore. Not for me anyway. But I would I think that would be amazing if there was like a, a space for sort of artists to sort of like talk. Because it makes you think like that's not I should totally create because that'd be really cool. Because I had the connections to do that. So like that'd be really yeah. cool. But even if it was just like a WhatsApp group or a Discord yeah. server, you know, that would work quite well because you mm-hmm. know it would be international and you'd be able to like kind of get feedback on your work. I think the mm-hmm. problem with social media, and at least what I found is that social media is too passive. The problem is that people aren't engaged on social media because they're not there to engage, they're there just to scroll whilst they're doing something else. Yeah. Like like social media is just a um it's a distraction. That's really what it mm-hmm. is. Um, for the most part. Particularly for like the general public, artists it's different. Like like the, the way artists use social media, or like people who create use social media, and the way that the general public use social media are very different. Mm. But it's it's hard because like when you're trying to, well, it's hard because you feel like you're trying to market your work, and then you probably feel bad for marketing your work. But it's like you're not marketing your work because it's about you. You're marketing your work because you want people to enjoy what you do, and it's kind yeah. of it's like a hard it's a hard kind of. Um, conversation to kind of have with yourself and figure out how you approach social media in a way that is genuine without feeling like you're just trying to sell things all the time or that you're here just for the money because then they're like money unfortunately rules everything and mm. you know all you want and all any artist wants as i always say is just more money to create more work that's all you want to do is you just want to keep yes. the ball rolling that's all it is it's not about having a yacht it's not about having a mansion necessarily but it's, i don't know but yeah <laughs> we're a bit nicer i mean not gonna lie but <laughs> at the same time it's also like that's not you know you didn't become an artist because you want to be rich like that's, no, that's true, it was that not, true. If, and if you did like you you could have been disappointed unless you're David Hurst maybe not actually no well, actually no wait no I should I take that back because I feel like with the right marketing mm. and the right people behind you you can easily make money off art I think it's actually not as hard as we always think it is I think it's about yeah. knowing the right people and having mm. the right markability of the work because you can market anything that's true. Yeah. Look at Coca Cola. Nobody needs to drink Coca Cola. Wow, that's very true, though. But we drink it all the time because we feel like mm. we need it. Like, I love advertisements because it makes me question why we feel like we need things. Mm. Like, think about your work as an advertisement. Like, why do people, why should you, like, how can you make people feel like they need your work? Mm. Like, that's probably the best way to approach it. And also, like, when you watch adverts on TV, like, look at how, look at, like, watch it and see what grips you and be like, how can I apply that to my promotion? If I was to create a video about my work, what would I do? How would I change? How would I do that? Um, for some weird reason, I love advertisements at the minute, which is super weird because who likes ads? Who likes ads? Yeah. It's like, you know, if you like even Instagram ads, like pay attention mm-hmm. to what is being fed to you. And, and if, you know, if you enjoy it, ask yourself, why do you enjoy it? How can I incorporate mm-hmm. these elements into my ads? That kind of thing. Um, I don't know why I started talking about ads because this is going to Okay. I'm going to stop the tangent here because I don't know why I'm rambling on about this, but Anyways, that's it's just something that I've been thinking about recently. Yeah. No, that's it's funny you said it because I always pay attention to stuff like that. It's even if, even if it's not related to art. Hmm. Yeah. Like, what what makes me sort of like why am I crying? Why why is this advert making me so yeah. emotional? But 
I don't end up doing anything. But it is, I think advertising and marketing is quite fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But I think the problem is that there's no, well, I mean, there's an SNS in these people, there's no kind of business course for artists. Mm. There's no kind of like, here's how to do your taxes. Here's how to do this. Here's how to do that. Here's how to market your work. Here's how to be like, here's how to like measure the statistics so you know if you're going in the right direction. I think mm. that's also the thing. Like you can create work. Like the thing is, you can create work every single day for the rest of your life. That mm. does not mean you'll be an artist in the in the se- traditional sense of like you'll make money from being an artist. It just yeah. means you're a man creating a lot of work every single day. You know. Oh, you are deep so, there. It's true though. But actually, that actually a question that I didn't put on this list again, which I should have put on, is like, at what point did you call yourself an artist, or at least give yourself the permission to call yourself an artist? Uh, I think. Do you know what I think? It, I think it was maybe somewhere in 2005 and 2006. And I first came across uh, Juxtapose magazine. Oh, good. Like, yeah, good call. That. Yeah. I think it was uh, Laurie. What was her name? She creates like Laurie. I can't. Laurie Early or La- Laurie Early? Yeah, like, she creates, yeah, she creates like these uh, portraits with big sort of manga looking eyes. Like, can I say I don't know if I can yeah, yeah sort of big eyes and like big heads and long necks her work is beautiful so I remember going in and looking at all sort of like the other images and I thought oh my gosh this is amazing and I thought to myself wait a minute I could do this shit I mean not shit because none of it was shit so <laughs> I don't <care. laughs> yeah I know what I mean I know what I mean <laughs> so I thought wait I can actually do stuff like that then I started I thought, you know what, I'm an artist, and that was it. Not because of Ju- Juxtapose magazine. That's yeah. actually really amazing because I think a lot of people feel like they can only call themselves an artist once they've sold a, some made some money or sold a piece. Oh right, no, not me. Or, no. or like, or they feel like you know they have to be like comfortable doing that because it can be an artistic thing. If if you're not necessarily paying your bills by being an artist, why, like mm. why do you have the right to call yourself an artist when? Right. Like, I don't I don't agree with that. I think you can call yourself an artist at any point. I think the word artist is, yeah. is very is very wide open. There's no like it's a very loose word. There's no official definition. Because because yeah. the idea of art is very loose. Like there's no official definition of what constru- what is considered to be art exactly. So I think you can call yourself an artist if you bake really nice cakes, you know? So I don't know. But I think that's really cool. I think that's great. I think also Jurisper magazine, very good choice. Do you remember the very nearly almost? Very nearly. Oh, oh yeah, very VNA. Yeah, yeah, VNA, I do remember. Nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I think that stopped. Like, yeah, it stopped. Ago. Yeah, the only reason I asked is because I actually, I, so I was around my mother's house the other day, and she has all my old books in her bookshelf, and one of them is a very nearly almost. And I picked it up the other oh, day, and I, I was reading it, and I was like, I should have really create a physical book for the fine fruit book. Um, which Ooh, that would be good. That'd Sorry, be a hard of a lot of work. Yeah, but it'll be so much work though. Yeah, and I'm like. I'll put that in the bank for the future. Um, yeah, also, yeah. it's a bit expensive as well. But it's something I'm thinking about. I really want to create a photo book, um, like an mm-hmm. annual, like a really cool annual yeah. for artists and for photographers. I think that'd be so good. That'd be but, incredible. But that'll be like, again, a lot. This is like this is why I want to make money off what I do, not because I want to have, you know, make a lot of money. It's because I, there's so many things I want to do that involves reinvesting money into other stuff to help artists. Like, yeah. you know, giving people grants would be great. Like, I'd love to do that. Like, that'd be so good. Yeah. If I could pay somebody's rent for a year, that'd be so good. Yeah. Like that'd, that'd be awesome. Be amazing. You know, do residencies, do grants, do like, you know, studio visits, all that kind of stuff. 
you know, I've got so many things I would love to do. It's just trying to figure out how, ironically, I could make money to do it, to reinvest yeah, that yeah. money into something else, yeah. um, which is very, very hard, you know. But then again, I don't know. Because I always feel like, weirdly, I always feel like what I'm doing is not enough, which is really bad because I do enough already. Mm. But it's hard. It's quite strange. But anyways, let's not... That's quite normal to think like that, though, to be honest. I don't know. It's it's tough because I, I see so many great artists and I just know all they need is financial help or all they need mm. is the space to create or all they need is just pushing marketing or all they need mm. is just the time to be able to approach galleries or approach clients. And it's like, how can you make that happen? And unfortunately, the the, the biggest answer really is always money. It's always like, yeah, if they have yeah. an extra 10,000 yeah. pounds in their bank, they'll be able to do that, you know, but they yeah. don't. And I can't just give people 10,000 pounds. Like, if, I would love to have it myself, you know. So yeah. it's kind of one of them, you know. It's 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 frustrating because I just know so many people who could do so much, who have so much potential. Mm. But it's like, I also understand, like, they're not going to reach that straight away or yeah. in the time period they should. Because as so, I had a conversation last week with a lady called Anna. Um, and one thing that she said that I really took from our conversation was like, there's always a period of time in which your work will be collectible. And then after that time, the collectors will fade because they're going moving on to other artists. And I feel yeah. like it's kind of interesting when you consider the fact that if you don't have the money at the right time to boost your to your work and your career, that you could mm-hmm. fall off that wayside very easily without ever reaching the full potential of what you could have done, which is quite sad. It's, it's just unfortunate truth, but it's kind of also quite sad. But just mm-hmm. what I'm thinking about recently in terms of like, how can I help artists? Because I think art is important. Um, I don't know, it's just something I'm thinking about at the minute. Don't think anything's going to happen anytime soon, but it's something I'm thinking about. Never know. You never know. I don't know. Never say never. I don't know. Because somebody said to me, actually, one of my other artist friends was like, oh, you should think about getting like a grant or something like that, or getting okay. some kind of funding. And I'm like, I have no idea if that's going to work or if like, if I'd have any cause to do that. I might look into it because I like that would be interesting. Because I don't know, there's just so much I want to do to help people. And I'm like, how do I get, like, how do I do that physically? Like, what the logistic way? Mm. You know, I don't know. But anyway, tangent over. Um, <laughs> that was a good tangent. Like, I'm just coming out of my reverie. Right. Okay. So, um, so public art, street art, I want to talk a bit about that. So, you have a public okay. gallery page on your website, which I'm actually really fascinated by. And I stand oh, by cool. that one of my life's missions is to see a piece of work in real life. It's just a double process. <laughs> Like I'm going to London at the end of next month, so I'm going to be keeping an eye oh, out nice. just in case. Just in case. Um, okay, right. Okay, I get it. <laughs> but, so, so I'm. I love to come. I look, honestly, if I stumbled across one of a piece of work in real life, I'd be like, "This is like the best thing ever." Um, oh, I generally I would. I'd be like this because actually, I was in London. I'm going to say last year, or unless it was this year, I can't remember. Um, and I actually saw Revs one. I actually saw one of his pieces of work he did on a wall. Okay. Um, and I didn't realize it was there, and I didn't go looking for it. I just stumbled across yeah. it. And I saw it and I saw wow. that and I was like, this is amazing. Because seeing art in real life is so different to seeing it on screen. That's so um, true, yeah. But anyway, getting into the whole idea of street art. like, So what kind of inspired the idea of having your work within the environment itself, as opposed to just, you know, having work always on a screen or on paper? Like, okay, I'm I'm definitely just an artist. I'm not much of a street artist. I mean, yeah. I like to dabble in it once in a blue, very, very, very blue moon. But um. The inspiration, I guess, came from like seeing other artists do it. Um, like obviously, there's the whole Obey or Shepherd Fairy. Even um, I remember there's a guy, an artist, he's still around called Jez Thirteen. He started. I remember seeing his uh, street art sort of stuff, and I was so fascinated by it. Not just his stuff, but like other sh- street artists at the time. I thought that would just sort of be something amazing to do because you're 
almost giving, it's almost like an outdoor website and it's self-promotion that's away from the screen. Hmm. And it's fun. Just don't get yourself into trouble. But <laughs> I like I, I just like the idea of having like a piece of yourself just outside where people may come across it or may not. And if they do, they sort of like it's a, it's almost like a gift. They can sort of enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also this crazy thrill of creating beauty, even though it might not be legal, but this, this, yeah, this, this thing about creating beauty and just sort of pulling it out there. It's just when you're out there in the middle of the night and no one's around, and you know, and you successfully successfully put something up. I don't know. It just it's quite thrilling. But yeah, I need to yeah. So sort of, I would like to get back into that. But yeah. So I think that's really amazing because I feel like, particularly your words, like the phrases, they're really inspiring. Yeah. Like, okay. how do you, like, how do you choose what to write? Or, like, kind of, what was the idea behind, like, having phrases? Because, obviously, they're not, they're just images, they're just phrases now. So, it's like you've taken, almost like you've taken the words from the portraits and put them outside separately. The thing is, again, this, I don't know why I do that to myself. Because, again, I hate words. I don't hate words. I love them, but I struggle with them. The whole dyslexia sort of thing again. Hmm. But I was doing, I was writing stuff before, well, not before I started drawing, but before I started taking the drawing seriously. So I remember writing a couple of, I was doing a little bit of poetry and stuff like that. And I remember one of my mates, this is back in arts, she said, oh my gosh, why don't you just do this seriously? But I thought nothing of it. And then the whole sort of like Mr. Frivolous thing happened. And I was, yeah, I was writing stuff around my portraits. portraits. But then I sort of noticed that I was writing stuff separately. I just didn't know where to put them. I thought, I'm not going to put this on my web- website. It's, this is just words. But I thought, wait, I need to do something with this. But then I realised there were two different things. Even though my portraits have words around them, this is just naked. It's just a words by itself. And it, it was just sort of like messing with my mind. I thought, this is too much. I'm, I'm going to have to create a second alias. But I thought, wait a minute, you can just you can do more than one thing. So eventually, after having conversations with myself in my head, coaching myself like it's fine, these two worlds can exist in, exist at, at once. Okay, off this phrase, I just decided just to let both things happen, and that was it. Took some time though, but yeah, got there eventually. Is I don't know. That's really interesting because you know they're very like they make you think because they're not just like have a nice day, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, they kind of like, it makes you appreciate like, oh, actually people have different perspectives and actually I really think, you know, they're very positive. That's the word. Like they're very inspirational and positive. And oh, like, cool. is that a deliberate choice? I thought my, some, most of my written stuff to me is quite depressing. <laughs> no, you're not. No, I don't think so. Because I think they're realistic. I think things that aren't always depressing. I think sometimes mm-hmm. things are realistic. Like, you know, okay. I think things can like, it depends on, it depends on your perspective. And also, so mm. what I love, so actually what I love the most about these phrases um, is the fact that like depending on your like where you are at this moment in life or the stage of yes. life you're at or your perspective on the world, like you'll read it very differently. And that's the beauty about words is that, you know, you can approach the same phrase at three different points in your life and you'll you'll, mm-hmm. you'll appreciate it and think about it differently because wow. you know, you're at a different place. And the fact that, like, you know, if you come across a piece of work and it says, 
I should have wrote, I should have put one of these up here because I didn't actually write it down in this interview. But I don't know if you have like a phrase yeah. and it's like <clears throat> like love is as fickle as fashion. That's what I remember. Oh, really? you know, oh. something like that. You read that yeah. and you like, and it kind of makes you stop and think. Like actually, wait, it is. You know, it's like it, ma- it makes it makes you pause, and that's what I like about them. Like I spent a lot of time, even though I should remember them. I spent a lot of time looking at them and being like, "This is really interesting." But like mm-hmm. actually figuring out like they mean something. Whether again, whether you know what they are or not, like they mean something, and I like that, which is why I want to see one in real life. Oh, I see. Oh, you know what? That is very, very good to know, man. That's yeah. I mean, like I've never really known what people thought about the written stuff because, again, you know about having your own style. I thought my style was just like. The, your drawings hmm. so the written stuff is quite interesting because i feel like now i get more people talking about that yeah as opposed to like the figurative stuff so i do find that quite interesting like fascinating actually i think because right as well i think because it's anonymous right okay like have you ever heard of the book post secret yeah, they used to have a, a blog as well. This is yeah. way back in the day, but yeah. Yeah, it reminds me oh, almost like that, like how people love to read other people's thoughts and opinions without having to be, without having to know who that person is. Like the, yes. that kind of cloak of anonymity, like adds okay. to the work. Right. Okay, no, I, I get that. I want to get that book now, Paul's Secrets. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to write, you know what's in my head. I'm going to get that now. Thank you very much yep. for that. Secrets. I just, when I thought about your work, I'm thinking of that, like, just the idea of, like, you get a little glimpse into somebody else's world, but you don't actually know this person, but yet you relate to that, and you kind of feel like, oh, I'd love to get to know this person, or, oh, this is a good perspective. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I think, Do you know I what? think, yeah. Sorry. No, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, there were two people that come to mind um, with the whole written stuff, because I was very much inspired by um, Notes to Strangers. Okay. Because he, I started seeing his stuff everywhere. I didn't know who he was. And this is before the time I... This is before the time I started putting words out. I thought, oh, wait, maybe that's what I can do in my words. I could do this the same sort of thing. So he definitely inspired me big time. And also, maybe a lot later, uh, Wordsmith. Like, I think he took out the O from Wordsmith, but I can't remember. But yeah, just seeing these sort of stuff, how it was just written, mostly written stuff. I thought that was quite inspirational too. But yeah, sorry, carry on. No, no, I was going to say, I don't think we we really think about like the weight of words because the thing is that like words can be very powerful yeah. and I think we kind of forget quite easily particularly when you know people don't necessarily talk as much anymore that you know words really do hold a lot of weight and that actually even just reading something can really change your mood so yeah. I, I actually really love what you do I think it's actually really really inspiring and it's it's nice to see somebody wanting to be positive like that's also the thing and mm-hmm. the fact that the you know you could find this on a wall that's been like you know half demolished and it looks you know absolutely terrible because it's you know been rained on or whatever it's been really weathered but it'd be like this really beautiful phrase on something that might be quite ugly like considerably ugly i like that that juxtaposition is really really nice oh wow well thank you i just find it interesting i just want to see one in real life could i you know i'm i might just take a shot off london and just hunt around (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah definitely definitely i've got your number so you know what you should do go on you should do a treasure hunt what? What? Is a treasure hunt. Do a treasure hunt. With your work. You know, I have actually thought of that, but I wouldn't know how to do that. Oh, that could be such a good... That would actually be a really good um, way to get people interested in a gallery show. Flipping it, you went deep. Okay. 
Oh, a treasure hunt. A treasure hunt. Yeah, to find one of your your images in London, or like in a certain section of London, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not the whole of London, because that would be a, a very long treasure hunt. Um, that would be so cool, actually. And then, like the winner who gets it or whatever, could uh, you know get like I don't know, like a print or something, or they could get like I don't know a Zoom call with you or something. You know, you don't know like something like that. You know. I don't know. That could be interesting. Like as like an immersive way to get your audience interacting with your work physically, yeah. because your work is physical. It's out in the real world as well, which is really cool. So you have that advantage. It's not you have to put it out there. It's already out there. Not that you might not know where it is, but it's already out there. <laughs> That's an amazing idea, man. Right, I'm gonna write this down. I'm gonna forget. Sure. <laughs> I think with a gallery backing as well, it might be work. It could work because like they could have potentially. I don't know if it works this way. They could have the yeah. budget to facilitate that. Right, um, I see. I see. Or like, there could be like a way to go around it that can be kind of you know like uh, facilitated by like a bigger corporation, so it's not just like yeah. something you'd have to run off yourself. I mean, even just like an artist treasure hunt would be kind of cool. Something like that would be cool. Something that would get like the public involved in art in a kind of just more of a massive fun way that's also going to be beneficial for everybody involved, not just yeah one person. Because you know, like I don't know. That'd be really cool, actually. How would I organize yeah. that, though? I have all these no cool way. ideas. I just have no means to do any of them. That's the sad part. Well, yeah, but never say never. So Never say never. There you go. I'll give you 50%. Mm. Maybe even 90. Ah, so one thing I want to ask about is the idea of ownership of the work that's found outside. Because I'm always kind of curious, like, because obviously you as the artist has created the work and you put it yeah. outside. But does that mean that the person who's found it, can they take it home and claim it as their own? Not as their own art, but like as their... As something that they found, like as uh, their own item or whatever, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Why not? I don't mind. Because I'm always curious, because obviously it's not found out, though, because it's art that you've put out there. But at the same time, like because they've stumbled across it, like who who does it belong to? I, I, I think that's why I named it pub, uh, Public Gallery. So it's for the public. Mm. If you happen to, let's just say my work, but if you happen to stumble upon my work and it's been out there for a while or whatever, and you, I mean, it would be nice if you could stay up, but that's not the reality of, of, of that type of work so if it's not worn away by the weather or whatever and you decide you want to take it home i say go for it why not i, I take that as a compliment I'm like i've been sent emails in the past of people saying oh i found your work this is amazing you know i put this up here whatever and i and i, and I replied back and I, I take it as a compliment that's so cool someone's like oh, i've took down this walk that has your work on it i've taken it home with me <laughs> a whole walk could you imagine so you that is so cool but yeah, I don't think I think about bricks and creating work on bricks and having like a building a wall. Okay, I should probably not think about I stuff imagine. like that. That'd be really cool though. Just some kind of community, like art, particularly in London, where there's so many artists. Yeah, like some kind of community building, artist-driven incentive that's going to get people together, get the public involved. Yeah, it could be good. Particularly after the pandemic, it could be good. I don't know. We'll see. So I want to ask you a couple more questions about your work, actually. Um, that's yeah, okay. Because sure. um, I was just curious, there's a few things I was actually quite curious about. So, who are the characters you draw? Um, the characters I draw, it's, it's mostly just like images that I find, uh, either online or in magazines. But um, they they just tend to be randoms. Or only on a few occasions I might just draw someone. I don't know, someone famous. Or even people that I know, but for the most part, yeah, it's just random images. 
Yeah, because I was wondering, like, that's kind of really curious because I think depending on who the person is for a piece of your work, it would really change the way your work is read, you know? Yeah, yeah. I see what and you mean, actually, yeah. And I was just wondering, like, have you ever considered doing, like, or do you do, like, commissions where you could have, like, a certain person in the work or you could have, like, say, somebody give you a family member or whatever and have that as the main character in your work? Um, I, I have done commissions before. Um, I don't do much of it. Actually, I don't even know why I don't do much of it. But um, yeah, I, I've definitely uh, done commissions in the past. I don't know if I'll put fa- family members in my work. I mean, not because I dislike them or anything like that. Maybe because it's a bit too personal, too deep, I guess. Mm. So even like in the idea of doing portraits, I've been told to do that. But it's, it's a bit too, um, yeah, it might be a bit too much for me for now. But maybe, maybe one day, who knows? Maybe I'll find... Yeah, someone to draw constantly. Maybe even my missus, who knows? I think that's the interesting thing because, like, you could easily create pictures that are more personal to you and nobody will ever know because they don't necessarily know you because you have, like, the yeah. kind of anonymity to be able to kind of be like, oh, I can create this image of this person. And to us, it would be, like, this really interesting face, but to you, it would be actually somebody you know. I don't know. I think this could be so quite interesting, the idea of, like, custom art made for people. You know, that kind of idea? That could be quite yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a very good idea, actually. Yeah. So I was thinking, like, you could do, like, a commission series based on, like, book characters or movie characters or something like that, even, if there was, like, a certain client you wanted to work with or, like, a certain company you wanted to work with. Uh, so sort of, like, tweak it towards the sort of a client or... Yeah, you could do, like, yeah, you could do. Like, let's just say, let's just say you know, you're really into Harry Potter or let's just say yeah. somebody, somebody is into Harry Potter, you know, they yeah. might commission you to do like a, a series of like six images of like each of the main characters plus, you know, in this, you know, or like you can pull from like lines from films or yeah, um, yeah. but they're kind of like words and phrases from places that people recognise, you know, something like that. Yeah, I like that. I do like that. I was actually thinking of um, doing like a series of uh, portraits of podcasters that I listen to, but That's I, cool. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know this is a podcast, and you have a yeah. podcast, and I'm not just saying that just because yeah. of that. But no, no, no. Yeah. I would, I'd love to do your portrait actually, but <laughs> yeah. it, it, it was just a thought I've, I've had for a very long time. Whether I'll do it or not, I don't even know. But hopefully, just but an I idea. Like, for yeah, no, no, but I like the idea a lot. I think it's really nice because it just it kind of it gives you the chance to explore different things and try new mm. things and kind of also. It gives your work a sense of like an anchor point. Because I think the thing with your work is that you can do what you do indefinitely because you do it so well and there's so much scope there that you could do it very indefinitely. It's just figuring out how to make it evolve constantly. Yeah. Like, because like, do you actually ever worry about repetition? All the time. All the time. I think to the point where I, I think I've slowed down because I'm slightly bored and I've had a discussion one artist in particular, I forget his name, Alex Odd. I can't remember his name, which is really yeah. bad, but I remember we were talking about um, he's a really good artist and a good, very good tattooist. But I remember we were talking about like evolving with our work, and I was sort of like stuck because I just keep doing the same sort of thing again and again and again. Not to say that I don't enjoy it, but after a while, it's just like a bit boring. Well, I don't really feel as motivated as I did when I sort of first started. So I would like to evolve and you know try something a bit different maybe try different mediums maybe not even just do just um portraits sort of work 
Hmm. But yeah, we'll all see. Um, I mean, we'll see. I, I, I have no idea. I'm just going with the flow at the moment. But that's good though. I, I like the fact that you're in a space where you're conscious, that you're like, cool, I love what I do. I'm enjoying what I do, but I'd love to take it somewhere else. You know, I like the idea. Yeah. I like, maybe it would be just something simple as collaborating with different artists, maybe creating like a yeah. series of, you know, 10 to 12 images just based, you know, collaboration with a different artist and seeing how that changes your work and influences what you do. Um, yeah, that's definitely a good idea as well. Yeah. Because the cool idea is that, like, you don't actually have to change the work itself. As you said earlier, mm. it could be like the medium, it could be like the place in which it's seen. It could be yeah, like, yeah. You know, even if you were to explore or kind of foray into like digital art or something like that, you know, it could be really interesting. That is so interesting. You said that I used to do, well, a bit of digital art way back in the day, but um, I would like to return to that. Because imagine if your work was animated, like how interesting would that make the work, you know? That would be incredible, quirky. Like how cool, like, and there's actually an artist that um that I know of called Maxomatic. Um, and thinking about a lot of stuff he does recently, well, he does a lot of like a huge range of like collage, different kind of collages. But a lot of stuff yeah. he's done recently is like animated collages. And they're really interesting when you look at them. Um, oh, I'll right. send you his work. Okay. I'll, I'll definitely send you his work. Um, but so then, like, I'm just thinking, like, like, how could you extend your work so that it becomes an experience, not just an image? The, thing, the great thing about art is that art is very accessible. We can see art all the time. The problem yeah. is that it needs to make an impact for us to want to stop, to view it, and to question it. So I think the problem is that we see so much art all the time. We just don't always necessarily give it the time that it deserves in terms of, like, how can you make an impact on somebody? Not just how can you create a nice image. I think they're two very different things. No, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I agree as well. You're right. So, do you actually think that your work translates well online? Because your work is very busy. There's a lot to see. There's a lot to read. There's a lot to look at. Like, do you think that a small screen, like a phone screen, does it justice? Maybe not. Maybe not. You know, um, I feel like whenever I create a piece of work. Obviously, eventually, maybe after a couple of days, I always end up hating it, thinking, oh, it's crap. Then a month or two later, maybe even years later, I sort of like, oh, I'm sort of like, yeah, I really like this. This is not that bad. But in, anyway, in saying that, when I scan my work and I pull it online, there's a big difference. I know it's the same image and, and all of that, but there's a shoot. I feel like it kind of loses the quality when it's online. Look, even though I've scanned it at a high DP, DPI, or whatever but you just even when when i take photos you just don't get the same sort of quality as to as you would if you saw it on no what in real life so yeah i do think um they they can look quite different i think with your work especially because it's so busy because there's so much to look at and because it's just kind of it's made to be viewed in person like art generally is made to be viewed in person like i think art always looks almost always better in real life than it is on a screen because yeah yeah definitely because it's not just about looking at the image it's also about the experience in which you're looking at the image you know if you're if you like say for instance if you're in a gallery space that's like a dedicated space for that particular work whereas in like online yeah. it's kind of like a free-for-all for everybody you know it'd be like a really cool piece of art versus like a cat video or versus you know some like celebrity gossip or whatever um yeah and I think I think we also don't really think about the idea of like where work is located and like how you're doing work um, okay it's like you know your website like your website is very well designed because you go through it and we see your work and it's just very kind of like straight to the point oh i see um, yeah whereas in yeah whereas in social media isn't you know and okay. i think that's kind of important i think yeah okay yeah that's very important i think you know what you, you just reminded me um this this is like 
maybe 15 years ago, it could have been longer, but there used to be a gallery called the Miles Gallery. Yeah. And my friend Tina Zeigler, she sort of exhibited like other well, artist work there. And I remember coming across what well, I had heard of this guy. And I, again, this is another artist name, but I'm going to forget something McDowell. I had seen his work online. And his work was really good. I, like, I really, I'm a fan. I really like the stuff that he did. But just, he's an American artist, but just going to the gallery, I think it was in Westbourne Grove, somewhere around there anyway, seeing his work in real life. His work is slightly caricaturish, but when I saw his work in real life, I couldn't believe how in, how incredible it was. Just the way, the details of the the the, uh, the paints that was sort of, spread on his work and it was beautiful if you if you saw his work online you'd, you'd appreciate the work but it, it, he's very witty with his with his art i don't i never really sort of appreciated the actual beauty of the techniques the the the, the paints that he used how he used it it was so it was incredible part of the problem i think nowadays that artists have is that it's very very easy to create work for an online audience only or to feel like yeah. you're only making work for an online audience when actually you would like your work to exist in real life. I think not yeah. every single artist has like a gallery show. Not every single artist has their work hanging up somewhere or like having their work, you know, physically exist. And I think that's the one kind of key difference between artists and photographers, especially like a lot of photographers never print their work, whereas an artist always has something physical in front of them. Um, mm. And actually it's having like more gallery shows and, and kind of showing your work more, obviously your work is already public, but showing your work more publicly is a goal of yours. Yeah, at one point in time, it was very important. And I know it can sort of help you when it comes to reaching audiences. But with galleries, especially for me, and especially in the UK or London, UK, whichever, it's a little bit difficult because, you know, the whole saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yes. Um, I've noticed with certain galleries, they're very cliquey. You, you'll always see familiar artists showing in certain galleries again and again and again and there's nothing wrong with that that's fine but it's very it can be very difficult to sort of like put your, your foot in the door but that's my experience in in, in in this country as for like abroad i felt like it's it, it has been in the past a lot easier but now with, with social media how it's changed everything it's almost like you don't really need it yeah so I don't know. Maybe, maybe I might try to email a few different galleries again and see if I can get some work out there. But um, yeah, again, I'm very spontaneous. I don't really plan or organize. I'm, I'm not really yeah good at planning. So, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So it's something you would like to do, but it's not something that you feel like you know you have to do. It's not like oh, I need to do this because it's like yeah. Because yeah, as you said, like I think with social media, I think you know. The, the good question of like, do I even need to have gay representation anymore is kind of like a good kind of idea to have in mind because, you know, the kind of work you produce, you know, as long as you've got the finest to keep producing more, that's all you kind of need. It's just finding how to do that like solidly. And yeah. I think, I think especially nowadays when the idea of an artist versus the brand, you know, like I own an artist or I own a brand, I think that kind of comes into play in terms of like, well, how much money do you want to make? And kind of like, who are your audiences? And there's a lot of questions you have to ask yourself as an artist beyond mm. just the mere creation of the work itself. And like, do you think that, like, do you consider yourself a brand? Ooh. I don't know. For, for, for Ninjas, yeah. I would, I would yeah. say it's a brand of sorts. 
but for Mr. Frivolous, me, just me. I mean, generally, I always believe that no matter who you are, you're you kind of are a brand. As in, like you're always representing yourself. Hmm. The way you dressed, your your identity, your style, whether you like it, know it or not, you're like a, a brand, a walking CV. So maybe in a way, I I might be a brand, but I just I don't know. I just can consider myself just like an everyday artist. It's hard to actually figure out, or at least in my opinion of talking to a lot of people, like it's hard to figure out at what point do you become a brand if you feel yeah. like you are a brand? And also at what point do you lose your artistic identity by becoming a brand? Because I feel like if, I feel like the idea of brands and the word brands to me personally mm. kind of screams of commerce. And I think art and commerce don't always go hand in hand. I think okay. you kind of give something up to become a brand. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, for instance, like as we always speak about, as I always speak about, Damien Hurst, you know, Damien Hurst is a brand. He's no longer an artist. Mm. He doesn't even create his own work. You know, he's a brand. Yeah. It's about his name, not about what he does. Like, he can literally colour a piece of paper red and people will be like, cool, this is a Damien Hurst. Like, people say, this is yeah. a Damien Hurst. They don't say this is an art piece of art by Damien Hurst. I think that yeah. what constitutes as a brand, as opposed to, like, an artist being like, you know, this is a, you know, a piece of artwork by Mr. Frivolous. That's different. Um I don't know. I just find the idea of branding very, very interesting in the art realm because I feel like a lot of artists don't like business or they don't really know much about business or they don't, yeah, yeah, they, have, they haven't, they haven't had the, the knowledge that they need to survive as a business, as an artist. Mm. So, so I think there's, um, I think there's a huge kind of gap in the market there for people to kind of, uh, pick up on in a positive way. Uh, Cause yeah, I think the whole business side of art, I think needs, to, we need to have a huge, just a huge kind of um, consideration of how to, you know, helpfully teach artists business, things they need to know, you know, yeah. even stuff just, even just stuff like taxes, even stuff like, you know, getting suppliers, you know, how to ship, yeah, how to ship your work, right. how to package your work, you know, all the kind of quote unquote boring admin stuff. I think that's actually what's probably most needed to be talked about rather than, mm. you know, always then, you know, then it always being just about, you know, the actual visual art. I think all of the stuff behind the scenes is actually much more important to talk about than necessarily kind of just like, you know, what materials you're using particularly. I don't know. No, I agree. I agree. I, I wish I had yeah. all of that knowledge when I was in college. Like, it would have helped me a lot. Well, do you actually have a piece of advice for artists who might be listening? I wouldn't sort of worry about art school. I don't think it's a bad idea to go to art school or get a degree if, you're, if that's what you want to pursue. Like, oh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I did it. But I don't think you need a certificate to be an artist. If you know you're passionate about art and you know in your mind that you can do it, all you need is a YouTube, uh, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, social media, and a website, and you're good to go. Just You don't need to pay thousands of pounds or hundreds of pounds just to prove that you are an artist just have a passion for it know that you're good at it and just get on with it and that's it so if nobody saw your work would you still create it oh yeah definitely definitely the whole art therapy thing before that was even a thing on my website i create the art obviously for people as well but it's mainly for me so even if no one saw anything I wasn't out there. I didn't. There was no Mr. Frivolous. I would still be doodling, drawing, and writing rubbish on a piece of paper. Probably lose them, put them in a bin, use whatever. But I need art, so I, I don't see myself living without it. Whether it makes me money or 
or not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's always interesting because I think a lot of artists, when I ask them that question, they say that they would still create it. But then a lot of yeah. people, sometimes you get the artist artist who says, no, they wouldn't because it's about the audience. Because I think, and it's like, there's a quote that I've read, I heard in a podcast um, by a sculptor. And he said that a piece of art is not finished without a viewer to view it. Like, do you agree with that? Oh, yes and no. I don't think you need someone to view your art for it to be art. But at the same time, it would be a shame if you was were to hide that piece of art because it just it just seemed like a waste of talent in a way. And I know I'm I'm probably contradicting myself with what I said earlier on, but if you're good at something, I just I just personally believe that why not just show it to the world? Like to keep it to yourself is fine, but just let the world know who you are. So I'm quite curious. How did the clothing brand Fufu Lip Ninja start? So, okay, I used to work in retail um, many, many like, years ago. Um, and I was, I was sort of really into fashion. Uh, and I, we used to have customizers at the back of our, well, not, that's not really my shop, but it was a, a, a brand, a denim brand. And we used to have customizers at the back of the store. And I used to always see how they would take jeans and shirts and whichever and customize them. And it was fascinating to watch them because this is something that I always wanted to do as well. Mm. Um, but also, I've always been into fashion since I was a kid. I remember, I remember my mum, for a while, she started going to college and she was studying fashion. I used to get all of these magazines like Vogue and Elle and uh, sort of collect them and I'm sort of obsessed. To, and this is when I was probably uh, late primary school, early secondary school. I thought at one point I would end up being a fashion designer, but I didn't take that route. Hmm. But anyway, so that a mix of that, where I used to work, watching those uh, the ladies customise the cl- uh, clothes, that sort of inspired me to perhaps get into fashion in some way. So I was supposed to start Fulfilled Blingers Ages ago, like decades ago, I, and it was supposed to start off as being a, a clothing brand, but for whatever reason, it didn't. So it ended up being a blog, it ended up being a graphic design uh, sort of um, wow. company. Then I just thought, you know what? I've got make make up my mind. What am I going to do? So years, all the years have gone that have gone by. It's only now that I've decided. Obviously. I had to include my girlfriend in it because she was the one who sort of inspired me as well. So, yeah, I just decided, you know what? You've got this idea, just do it. You wasted, you literally, literally wasted decades. You, no matter what happens, just do it. Get out there. So now I'm here with what it was supposed to be originally. That's interesting because, like, the kind of change it's gone through from start to finish would also impact the way you create it now and the way that you promote it now the, and the imagery yeah. and the kind of um, both the clothing itself, but also the imagery that's associated with the clothing as well. So, like, yeah, how does it differ to other brands? And kind of like, how do you like, like, how did you like? Actually, like, is your target audience the same as Mister Frivolous? I don't know. You know, I don't. I... 
I feel like Mr. Mr. Frivolous Audience is slightly different. But for, for Philip Ninjas, it's just such a weird name, just saying it out loud. So I'm just realising, but it's too late now. But <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's not a bit too late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, with for Philip Ninjas, I don't know what the audience is. I know it, it, for now, it, I guess the main focus is of sort of menswear. I'd like to sort of like delve into women's wear as well at some point. But I think that's where it, it differs from Mr. Frivolous because I, I feel like I have more of a female audience with the whole um, Mr. Frivolous sort of stuff. And with Philip Ninjas, I'm trying to sort of like, I mean, it's for everyone. I don't really mind at all. I'm not really uh, worried whether it's a menswear sort of company or a women's wear sort of company. But it kind of is the stuff that I would like to wear. So, I guess that's probably why the focus, in a way, is kind of menswear. So I think actually it's a really idea to have like a focus because I feel like the interesting thing I think about fashion, and I'm not an expert by any means, but I always feel like we don't really see enough, or maybe it's just the way I'm looking and the clothes I buy, but we don't see enough independent menswear like labels or collections that is kind mm. of accessible. Um, yeah. I feel like, because, you know, I think fashion is always very, you know, very um, women heavily focused, which, you know, makes sense wise in terms of like yeah, the market. Yeah. But I yeah. think it's also nice to to kind of have your own little niche and create something that you really enjoy that you would actually wear yourself, but also like yeah. be able to cater it to, to other people and be like, cool, we can always make it women's wear further on down the line, or we can always change yeah, it yeah, down the line. But right now you have a direction, you have like a potential potential audience that you want to to include. Mm. But I'm kind of curious, like, do you think you have, or does FLN have a visual identity? Everything is just like trial by error. Hmm. Is that the saying? I don't yes. even know what the difference yeah, is. Exactly. So I'm literally just working things out as I'm going along. Um, I know usually from the other brands I've seen, the way that you'd be able to tell who they are is just like their logo. And I haven't started off that way because in my head, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it just seems a bit boring, especially knowing that, you know, I'm an artist, I could just sort of like get my art on a t-shirt. And that to me in my head just seems more visually pleasing. But I do get the whole idea of like having your logo out and sort of putting it out there. And but I don't feel like people would be sort of drawn to that. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know how people would be able to tell that this is a Philip or FLN brand sort of thing yet, yeah, because even though I sort of came up with it in my mind years ago. It's, it's a very new brand. So, hmm. again, it's all, it's all a learning experience at the moment. Because I'm very, very curious because I'm kind of wondering, mm. like, how running a clothing brand and, and being an artist, like, how they both differ and are similar. Because I feel like, mm. you know, they're both brands, but at the same time, yeah. like, their audiences are very different or potentially quite different. But also just this idea of, like, the brand in terms of clothing in my in my opinion, again, I'm no expert, but in my opinion, like you need a strong visual identity. You need to know your market. You need to like there's a lot of certainties yeah. in which you need to know. Whereas an yeah, artist, yeah. you don't. Whereas an artist, you can rely upon like your work being the identity. You know, mm. kind of like the way in which you do something the identity. Whereas in clothing is, I think clothing is such a different ball game to creating art. Yeah, so I'm, just, I'm yeah. very curious, just in terms of just like how you navigate that and how you manage that. Um, I'm just curious about I'm just curious about in general. I'm actually really, 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 really looking forward to seeing how it develops and seeing where you go with it and seeing like how you approach like marketing, how you approach kind of getting more customers, how you approach kind of just the making of the clothes. 
I'm actually really curious. I think creating a clothing company is so much harder than people give it credit for. Like so oh, much yeah, 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 yeah. Because it feels like, or it seems like, everybody and their cat can just create a clothing line when it's pretty... <laughs> When it's really not the case, because it involves a lot of time and effort and dedication and a lot of patience, you know? Yeah. So, and I yeah. think, you know, and is it actually, had there been, or like, is there anything that you've, that you've learned from running a clothing brand that surprised you? Uh, not yet. I mean, the only sort of thing that's a little bit difficult is, I feel like it's a lot easier to be an artist than to sort of, like you were saying, like to sort of run a, uh, try to run a clothing brand I I know how to be an artist I've been like one since I was a kid but I don't know anything about or not much about having a apparel brand or a clothing brand or a brand like that so I'm literally just learning as I'm going along like I sort of work stuff out from other brands that I'm into like let's just say Stussy or Stussy or however you pronounce them or Rebel A um, or Ruka R-V-C-A but um, yeah, everything is just new for me. So even in even I'm just thinking about what's if if this was if I had started this brand a couple of years ago, the designs I had back then, I don't think it would have. I think it would have been very more graphic design based, and I don't even think I would have put like Mr. Frivolous style work <laughs> in FLN because I didn't want to mix the two. So, but now I've just decided they're just sort of like one person but just two different things so yeah i'm just working stuff out in my head they're like two sides of the same coin in a way yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah in a way see that's interesting though because i feel like you've given yourself a lot of scope to kind of ah you've given yourself a lot of scope to kind of branch out into different commercial aspects and projects with your work yeah and there is an artist that actually you're part of the baker house gallery so oh right yeah yeah so you probably know tom loner very cool guy. Very yeah, him so, and his brother Andy. Very cool guys. I, I don't know his brother, but I met him. He was actually episode number three that I recorded for the podcast. So I've I've known him for a good good few years. Yeah. Um, but like he's yeah. the person that comes to mind when I think of an artist in commercialism. Like he's one of these artists who has very incredibly managed to get his work extre- like make his work extremely commercial without actually sacrificing yeah. the artistic tent of his work. Like, you know, he yeah. has his work, you know, on the side of trains, on billboards, embedded into tables. You know, all of these well, yeah. insanely cool, crazy, amazing things. Mm. And I was speaking to him not that long ago, and he's only just doing like more and better things. And it's just, it blows mm. my mind. But I think somebody like him is a perfect example of like the limits of what you can actually do with your work, even in the commercial realm. Because I feel like a lot of the time we look at art and we think, oh, you know, it's not that commercial. Or we look at it being like, you know, how are you going to sell that? Yeah, yeah. And I think we also forget like, it's not about how you sell it. It's about, how your work can be incorporated into things that are already being sold. Mm. So the idea that you're creating a clothing brand is so clever in a way, because it means that your like this is like kind of like your way to dip into a more commercial market that maybe your actual, you know, drawings and illustrations weren't rich. Yeah. So I like that. I think that's really cool. And also it's like it's nice because it's like, well, what's next? You can have like car wraps or you can do like billboards or you can do like wrapping paper. You know, there's like so much possibility. And so yeah. there's endless possibility of where your work can actually be um, and how like how your work can be produced and where it can be produced on. Um, mm. So I like this idea. I think it's a really clever idea. And I, I honestly yeah. hope it all goes well for you. But I'm very oh, much okay. keeping my eye. I'm very much going to keep my eye on what you do. I think that's really, really interesting. Oh, thank um, you. Thank I think it's very interesting because I'm always like, 
yeah, I'm just I'm really curious like where it's going to go and like how you're going also like and how you're going to keep up with both demands of both because this is also the thing it's about balance yeah because also yeah, exactly. you know yeah. you want to have a life as well you know oh yeah so it's like maintaining that balance is kind of and that actually I guess that's a good question to ask you is like how are you currently maintaining that balance between you know the clothing brand and being an artist and also having a life it's funny you mentioned Tom because I had met him and his brother they had a an exhibition at it was in Portobello Road, Labrick Road. And I forget, was it West Bank? No, I don't think it was West Bank Gallery. There, anyway, there was a gallery there and I was working in the uh, retail store that I mentioned uh-huh. earlier. And I just walked across because I had, tried, I had some work in, in the same gallery as well. And that's how I met them. And we sort of like struggled for friendship. And he's a very cool guy, both of them, him and Andy, him and his brother. Amazing guys, amazing works. But um, yeah, so the balance between uh for Philip Lynch or having a brand and being an artist yeah. and um maybe there is no balance I don't I don't know I, I I barely know how to be myself and find balance the balance doesn't exist <laughs> I think that's the answer uh, no, okay, yeah. I mean, okay so do you feel like you're part of a larger art community um I guess so yeah I mean I probably only feel like that if I'm online and I'm talking to other artists, or even if I'm just, uh, if even if I'm just writing a little comment, hmm. and I get a, I don't know, a like, maybe that's. If I feel like I'm being acknowledged, even in the smallest of ways by other artists, then yeah, I guess I can feel like a community. But if I'm working on something by myself, I do feel like I'm the only sort of artist hmm. around at that time. So I, I guess a bit of both. That's interesting, actually, because it makes me kind of curious as to, like, do you ever feel lonely whilst creating? Because you're creating in isolation. I don't feel lonely as in, like, in a depressing sort of way. Hmm. I think I I much prefer to work by myself alone where there's no one around. Just me, uh, art materials, or maybe some music and a podcast, like the Flying Fruit Bowl. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I don't really feel lonely. I, f- I find it quite liberating, to be to, to be honest. It's just it's oh. a very nice, safe sort of feeling. So I definitely don't feel the loneliness. See, that's quite interesting because a, a couple of artists I've spoken to, um, some really great, really great people, um, said to me that because they work in a studio um, by themselves a lot, that they can mm. sometimes feel very lonely whilst creating work because obviously they're by themselves. They don't really ask people's opinions on their work whilst they're creating work. You know, okay. because there's not a lot of options in life in which you you kind of spend time with yourself in that way, you know. Yeah, and also not okay. just that, but you're you're relying on your own opinions and thoughts of what you're doing, and because you're like almost incubated in this space to create this work, and then when it, you know, and then when you finally finish the piece of work, you're then out, you know, you kind of release yourself back into the into the wild, I guess, in that respect. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of interesting that actually it goes the opposite way for you, and, and actually, do you feel like you're more or, 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 like, are you more introverted or more extroverted as a person generally? I think I'm a bit of both. My mom, well, yeah. but in saying that, my mum always says, amongst out of my siblings, I've, I've always been the introvert. Like, I'm very, yeah. well, that's probably because I'm around them. When I'm around them, I'm very quiet, very reserved, and you won't really get a peep out of me. But it's in saying that, if I'm with friends or even my missus, I'm very. I'm the complete. I can be the complete opposite. Hmm. 
So I don't know. I think I feel like depending on where I am, my surroundings, I could be a bit of both. So I'm, I'm always curious, like if like introversion and extroversion, or you know, like um, I guess ambiversion would be the two. Like if that ever plays a role in the artist and the artist's work, because one thing that it plays a huge role in is like marketing, because a lot of artists, quite a lot of artists are quite introverted, which means when it comes to marketing and promoting themselves and like kind of showing themselves online, especially for instance, like they yeah. find it very hard because they're not necessarily outgoing. They're not necessarily like, you know, in front of the cameras all the time, for instance. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it kind of begs the question, or at least it's a question me, a, a good friend called Ryan Dean Howes, who has mentioned on probably every single interview, I uh, spoke about a long time. It was the idea of like, what's more important? Is the personality of the artist more important? Or is the skill of the artist more important? If you had asked me this ages ago, I would have said the um, the skill of the artist. And I, I do still think that that is very important. But I've only started realising very recently how important it is for the, an audience to see the personality of an artist as well. Even, I don't, even to an extent more so than the art sometimes. And that can be, like I've listened to a, I've listened to podcasts where I've, or YouTube videos where I've watched artists, be it singers or painters or whatever, that I'm, I may not be a huge fan of, but I've listened to them and I've just sort of converted into a fan just mm. based on their personality and what they're saying. And it's just like, it makes sense. Like there, there's been so many people who have told me, you know, get out there show your face, speak to people. And I'm like, no, I'd rather not. I, I'm not really into that sort of stuff. I'm not to say it's a bad thing, but I'm only starting to realise how important it can be with your work, when it comes to your work. So, yeah. So that's actually something I noticed when I was going through your Instagram, is the amount of interview snippets that you share from different people that are very positive and that have that message about, like, you know, just create work. And there's one from like Andrew 3000 that I watched. It was like, he was just like, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and I actually really liked that a lot. I actually went through your Instagram and looking at all the videos that you posted or, or reshared from different interviews. Because I think we often forget that creativity is not exclusive. Creativity can be for anybody, you yeah. know? And I think it's just having the courage. I think a lot of creativity involves courage. The courage to put your work out there, the courage to say you're, mm. call yourself an artist, the courage to just be confident and happy with what you do because mm. sharing work is very vulnerable. You know, it's yeah. very much every, as we said earlier, like every image is a self portrait in the sense mm. of like any image that you put out in the world is, is made from you and your thoughts and emotions and feelings. So it can be very mm. vulnerable to put it out in the world. And, and I think I really, really like the idea that your feed is very positive. Like you, you okay. come across it and you look at it and it's like, this is really interesting. It, it tells me that you're thinking, not only of yourself, but also of other people, that you want to inspire other people as well. Yeah, and that yeah, you're definitely. like, actually, you know, you want to kind of like bring people in and kind of remind them that like, actually, like, we, we can all be creative. We can all have like an equal footing. We can all be, you know, just as great as one another. There's no kind of like elitism. And I like that. I yeah. have a lot of respect for that because not only are the interview snippets that you share absolutely cool, but it also gives me a, a huge kind of idea of the kind of person you are in terms of like, as we said earlier, but like previously, like you should totally do like artist talks in like schools and stuff like that. Would be so good to see because that's definitely the kind of person you are. Like genuinely, not just because you can be just to be cool, 
just like the way yeah, you think. Yeah. And I, oh, know, thank I think you. that's such a good idea. I think that's such a good idea. Like spreading positivity oh. is never a bad thing. Oh, that's cool. Thank you. Uh, I never know what to do with compliments. So thank you very much. <laughs> oh, I'm exactly the same. Well, I'm just like, yes, I'm going to pretend you didn't say that, but cool. Uh, <laughs> um, so um, just a few more questions because I don't want to keep you yeah. much longer. But so I have a question for you from the last artist that I spoke to, a lady called Anna Carr. And her yeah. question for you is, if you could describe your work using one word, what would it be? And where do you want to go with your work? Right. So to describe my work using one word, um, yes. well, for the longest time, I've described my work using two words, which is beautiful, quirky. Um, yeah. Um, if I had to describe it using one word, then I'd say, what would I say? Uh, it would either be raw, emotional or vulnerable. One of those three words. Maybe vulnerable. Perfect. That's absolutely perfect. And <laughs> and where do you want to go with your work? Which is the second part of that question. Uh, where do I want to go in my work? I would, even if I don't know about it, I would like to inspire people. Mm. Um, I guess I would like to have like a positive effect on people's lives. They don't have to be like art collectors. They could just come across across my work by chance. If I can make someone, someone, I don't know, happy, someone who's going through a bad period of uh, of time, through, what's, the, what's the word? Not bad period of time. Someone who's going through like a shitty time. Like, I, I don't know if I said it earlier, early on, but um. I sometimes would receive loads of emails about people talking about how important my work has been in their lives. And I obviously I can't read out the messages, but okay. it's been so shocking and such a pleasure to read because you, you, I never really thought that I could have that type of impact on someone, be it depression or loss, grief. Like I had no clue so reading stuff like that i mean it, on one hand it's quite sad but on the other on the other hand it's just like me being just an average joe you just really don't know who you could affect in such a beautiful and positive way so stuff like that if i could do more of that with my art i'd be a happy man happy artist yeah i think but the thing is i think you already do which is great but also i think you have the potential to do so much more which is also just as just as good and i think the great thing is is that you know what you want it's just figuring out how to figure out how to get there in yeah. a genuine honest way so do you have a question for the next artist i interview oh right uh i feel like i did have a question before didn't i i actually stole the question from my old blog peanut super lux ah. so i don't know why i've forgotten it um the question is name Three artists, dead or alive, that you would like to have brunch with, and maybe what would you, what would you ask them? Yes, yes, that's perfect, absolutely perfect. Oh, cool. So, what do you think your work says about you as a person? Uh, I think it definitely it's definitely very revealing that I'm quite mad, for sure. Um, I, I I think it it definitely shows how messy my mind is, and it probably shows 
me trying to figure stuff out with myself, with life. It's just, I think it, it can, it's, for someone who likes to be as anonymous as he can be, I think it shows a lot of me. Mm. Well, to me, it does anyway. I'm always curious, I'm always asking questions, I'm always wondering about things to hear, like about humans, our behaviour, and the fact that you mentioned that my work is quite chaotic, like I 100% agree with you, even speaking to you in this interview, like going from one sentence to another, getting uh, tongue twisted and, and just the whole, the way I talk, it just makes sense. Yeah. Like the way I create work, it just, it's just like, oh, right. So this is me. This is actually how I am. Not to say I don't know this, but yeah, yeah, I just find that quite interesting. I think it adds so much character to your work, though, just getting to speak to you. It, it kind of makes you look at your work and be like, yeah, I understand it now. I get it. I get why it's so, <laughs> like, like, I get it why it's so chaotic like and so, so confusing. And I get it why, like, yeah. but, I, but I like it because it's like you have so much to say. This is the thing. Like, that's what's nice yeah. about it. And if you look at your work, your work says a lot at once. And that's exactly what you're like. You say a lot at once. Yeah. And I like um, that. So the last question is, what are you currently working on? And where can people find more about you and your work? Okay, so currently... I'm working on, well, as you mentioned before, the whole brand, the whole clothing brand for Philip Ninjas. Uh, you can find that. What do I put the handle as well? Yeah, go right ahead. Oh, right, right. Sorry. Yeah, uh, so, absolutely. So um, you can find that on on Instagram and TikTok for now, and maybe Facebook, uh, on F-U-F-U, you know, F-U-F-U-L-I-P-N-I-N-J-A-S, so for Philip Ninjas or www.fulphilipninjas.com and the Mr. Frivolous stuff you can find that anywhere you can go to www.mrfrivolous.com is that it? yeah www.mrfrivolous.com or just put Mr. Frivolous in Google it should be the the, the, the first thing that comes up and Mr. Frivolous is spelled M-R-F-R-I-V-O-L-O-U-S uh, yeah you can find me anywhere and everywhere yeah I guess I hope but maybe not everywhere but definitely on socials that's you see absolutely. what I mean? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's absolutely perfect. Thank you so much, Mr. Fabulous, for your time. Thank I really you, appreciate man. it. I appreciate you having me up here. That concludes my conversation with Mr. Fabulous. Thank you very much for listening. If you like this conversation and have any questions or comments about it, please send me an email at theflyingfruitball at gmail.com and get in touch via social media sites such as Instagram and Twitter. The Flying Fruitball podcast can be found on a variety of sites such as Spotify, YouTube and Apple Music. If you like the show, please consider rating, reviewing, sharing or subscribing on any of those platforms to help spread the word. Also, please check out theflyingfruitball.co.uk for daily art inspiration and if you're a creative, please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed. Additionally, we also have a Patreon page if you're interested in supporting the platform further. Tears start from £1, and more information can be found over at patreon.com forward slash the flying fruit bowl. Also, if monthly donations are not your thing, we also have a PayPal for one-time donations. A link to our PayPal shall be in the show notes. Once again, thank you very much for listening today. Until next time, folks, please stay safe.